Now, that's a presidential candidate that I could definitely get behind, and Clint Russell is going to be his vice president. Oh, We're going to be talking about that, plus a lot more. Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings here to the best politicalshow.com, as, of course, we have a lot of absolutely crazy news to get into, as, of course, this election cycle just got a lot more crazy with, of course, Ron DeSantis bowing out. What are the larger ramifications here? What's going to be happening between Nikki Haley and Donald Trump? As, of course, a lot of things are at stake here as the establishment versus the anti-establishment is reaching its crescendo. Well, we're going to be talking about that plus a lot more all for the next two hours with a great cast of amazing human beings in studio here today that, of course, will be breaking down all the latest news as it happens. You could also participate in this conversation by signing up to LukeUnfiltered.com. And then when you do, you get the ability to call into the show. We're going to be taking callers at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. If you're a member, go to the Telegram channel right now. Say you want to ask a question. I will pick on you. And there's no screening. There's no me asking you, but what are you going to say? You say whatever you want. You can even show whatever you want all through thebestpoliticalshow.com. So if you haven't signed up for that yet, sign up right now. It's cheap. It's easy. It's quick. It's only $8 a month, and it means the world to us as, of course, this sustain and, and grows this independent media organization to do some really awesome, incredible things. We've been doing everything on a shoestring budget. We can't even tell you the stuff we've been doing in order to, to, to make this podcast happen, uh, but but we're doing some really incredible things. There's a, there's a good synergy here. We're getting a lot of views here, and uh, we already have guests booked out for the next month. So uh, another way that you guys could also participate is, of course, through mysuperchat.com, and you guys will, of course, have the ability to send us text that will appear on the screen or even if you give us a bigger uh, mysuperchat.com, we have all the all the different breakdowns down in the comment in in the description down below. You could even have your text be read out loud for everyone on mysuperchat.com. Any and all kind of rumble rants, super chats will of course be read here as well. And uh, we can't thank you guys enough for your participation. We've been doing this for not a long time, but it's been a really fun time. And there's going to be some really awesome, incredible guests. We got Zuby coming on. We got James O'Keefe coming on. We got Ben Stewart coming on. We got Ian Crossland coming on the show as well. We have a lot of really awesome people coming in and out of this studio. So there's going to be a lot of really cool things happening on thebestpoliticalshow.com. As today, we are very happy to have a brilliant comedian, someone that uh, I saw perform just <laughs> a few days ago. And that, of course, is Yoshi. Yoshi, for the people who, who don't know who you are, how would you kind of introduce yourself? Um, I'm a comedian, and uh, prior to doing comedy, I was working in sex industry in Los Angeles. And uh, over the years working on porn, I meet a lot of interesting characters, and uh, both conservative and liberal circles. And, uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, if you know more about how people really behave when it, regarding to sex, um, you learn a lot about them. And I think some of the terrible things that happen in the world is probably due to heavily sexual component when people do terrible, like Bernie Madoff, I think he got off on hurting people sexually. Mm. And uh, Tekazinski is another one who used to get or literally orgasm through bombing people. So I think because sex is such a difficult conversation and since money is a difficult conversation, I, I think these kinds of people thrive 
and I think um, it should be talked about more. I was hanging out with some friends, and they were like, wow, you got some really interesting, crazy stories. And I'm like, I have nothing compared to what Yoshi has. <laughs> well, Yoshi some has some really interesting stuff. That, that uh, you know, the adult stuff we're going to get into on, yeah. on, on Rumble, because yeah. like, I know you have a vast amount of knowledge. But what you said uh, kind of hits, hits the crux on a lot of key issues. We're going to get into yeah, all yeah. that adult stuff on Rumble, because we're still here on Family Friendly yes. uh, YouTube that whitewashes and censors and, and screws us over all the time. Uh, but, but Clint Russell's here. He yeah. recently announced that he's going to be the vice president. Of what? Of who? Uh, of the Libertarian Party. I, I announced my candidacy for the, vi- the VP slot on the LP ticket. So if there's anybody out there that likes my insane ideas, uh, if you want to become a delegate and show up in D.C. to vote for me, you actually have a tremendous amount of power to put me in that position. But uh, it looks like I'm, I'm the favorite for it. So... <laughs> God only knows what's going to happen. Look, if you aren't familiar with Yoshi, strap in. This is going to be one of the best episodes we've ever done. I love this guy. Uh, His Your Mom's House episode is legendary. I think it is truly legendary in the comedy uh, podcast scene. So this is going to be fantastic. We got stuff on the buttons. Uh, Well, I I I remember I was introduced to you uh, with Sam Tripoli. I was on the Sam Tripoli show. And then I was like, "Who's this random guy that they put here?" Yeah. I don't know, like, what about, and and then at the end end of the podcast because I, I think it was a two hour show. I was like, "This is this is the best guy to be here. This is <laughs> this is I'm so happy you were here." At the beginning, I was like, "What the hell?" Like I'm supposed to, and and then and then throughout the whole podcast, and I'm like, "I'm so happy you're here." It was brilliant. It was awesome. Well, I also freak out. I remember you going to Epstein's Island, and I've been to every property except for that one. So you got me on that one. Okay, uh, but you hey, beat me hey, on I, that one. I still think you have the the wildest experiences yeah. that I think any human could have. Um, so we'll, we'll get into yeah. all of that, especially when it comes to the big pharma stuff, all yes. the trials you covered. Uh, we're going to talk about Trump and all this other stuff. As of course, Steph is also here pushing the button. Steph, how are you? You're doing a lot of things behind the scenes as well. Hi, everyone. I'm Steph Weird Change. I hope everyone's having a happy Sunday and uh, super excited to get into it. Sweet. So it looks like we already have one mysuperchat.com from Fiat Demise saying, can my super chat be updated to accept crypto instead of just saying, end the Fed, we should use money. The state can't control or surveil like Monero. That's Fiat Demise. If there's a way of, of implementing like crypto as a way to do like super chats, I think that would yeah. be cool. If anyone knows the solution, uh, hit us up. Um, hit up Stephanie at uh, Stephanie at wearechange.org. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Stephanie just kind of threw that at you. We're busy here incredibly uh, as we got a lot of really uh, crazy projects in the works. We got a lot of people coming in and out of this house as well. We got a lot of house guests. Some of them welcomed, some of them unwelcomed. You're going to see who's here. I'm not happy who's here, but we'll get into that. (laughs) That guy will have a reckoning um, as soon as he comes here. You're going to find out more in just a few days Just to show people or just to kind of explain how shoestring budget this has been. I think I committed a felony in Iowa. Yeah, you're not supposed to say that. I, uh, I haven't told even members of LukeUnfiltered.com what I'm, you did. I'm not going to say what I did. I'm just going to say I think I committed a felony I, I in Iowa. I think you did, too. To, I think to, you did, too. Listen, what happened? To make the show happen. So we are risking everything for you people. That's all i got to say. You said too much already. I want to know. Uh, anyway. I'll tell you offline. I'll tell you offline. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that will stay between us. But listen, listen. we got a show to make. We're going to make this show happen. And it's the best political show for a reason.com. Uh, 
bestpoliticalshow.com. So we, we got a big reputation to live up to. So let's just get right into it, as, of course, today's breaking news is that Ron DeSantis dropped out of his bid to be in the White House in 2024 as he released a four-minute video, which some people are saying is one of his best videos and best speeches ever, announcing that, of course, he will be backing Donald Trump and he definitely will not be backing Nikki Haley. Now, a lot of people saw this coming as in my earlier segment today, I was talking about how he was canceling his Sunday news spots, how he was kind of slowly kind of moving out of the race. And now today, before the New Hampshire primary, he says, this is it. I'm out and officially endorsed Donald Trump to the surprise of uh, a lot of political cultists who kind of didn't see this coming. But but it was it was all kind of laid out there for us uh, to see. And it's it, it makes sense when you look at the larger kind of political scene unfolding right now. What will Nikki Haley be doing from here? Well, we're going to get into that as, of course, there's a lot of very powerful people prompting her up. But what, what, what's your guys' reaction to Ron DeSantis officially announcing that he is no longer going to be running for the presidency of the United States as his campaign definitely had a lot of uh, bumps in the road, to yeah. say the least? Well, initial reaction, I think you're absolutely right that that was the best best speech was his his exit speech, which is not not a good sign for a campaign when your best speech is the one on your way out. Uh, but I think, uh, honestly, I think it, it had nothing to do with Trump or Haley or anything. He just heard that there was another Florida man entering the race, and he's like, I got to get out of here. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, his, his campaign was disastrous. I, I, I moved here because of his governorship in Florida. I'm very appreciative of him. But every step of the way, he was just like a heat-seeking missile for landmines. And Trump is a landmine. He's maybe the biggest of all. Well, it wasn't just that. It's not just Trump. I I think really his kind of inability to be authentic really hurt him. I I think the the first thing that really made me kind of be very skeptical of his campaign was this flip flop on Ukraine. That's the biggest one. That that that's something that stood out to me. And then Tucker Carlson gave us more context to this and talked about how a big donor came to him and said, "Hey, uh, we'll give you money, but you're going to change your position on Ukraine right now." And Ron DeSantis said, "Yep, absolutely." And he was kind of playing this campaign where he was like sort of establishment, sort of anti-establishment, half foot in, half foot out. Nikki Haley just went full establishment. Trump went full anti-establishment. Now we're going to have this kind of larger populist, Republican, neocon, freedom caucus kind of civil war, which is going to be fascinating to see. Um, I think it's fair to say that kind of Trump has this in the bag unless they do some real uh, foul stuff, which they're going to be doing some foul stuff. Yes. But um, when it came to Tucker, Tucker Carlson interviewing him, getting a, a comment that was vague about Ukraine, then him walking it back after getting that donor money and then just repeating the kind of status lines. That was disappointing because there was a lot of energy. There was a lot of fervor. And I'm like, this guy's just a politician. This guy just, 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 just is willing to sell his people, his country, the interest of this country just for a little bit of donor bucks. I don't want that guy to be president of the United well, States. Well, Governor, great governor, doing some really awesome, fun stuff, uh, especially when it comes to protecting the Second Amendment and, and fighting for people's individuals' freedoms and, and health liberty. Great. Internationally, horrible. Yeah. Well, what made him special yeah. is that he bucked the trend uh, against pharma when it mattered most, but then when it came to campaign time, he caved like everybody else. But I'm curious what your thoughts are. Um, about two weeks ago, I went to Oscars and uh, Governance Award, and uh, I went and I got invited, and I was hanging out with uh, many of my liberal friends there. What was interesting, they were also funny, Nikki Haley. They much prefer she win. Mm. And, uh, At the Oscars? Among 
private conversation when I was talking. Wow. Yeah. And uh, because they're so fearful of Trump winning, they want to uh, see the alternate. That makes so, sense. So um, she's woman, she's ethnic, and uh, I, I think um, they like her. But it's kind of shocking. You know, liberal and Democratic people used to believe in nonviolence and anti-war. And they're big on war, you know. And uh, I just support anyone who is anti-war. And uh, I'm just not for warmongering. To me, it's just a transfer of wealth, you know. And uh, and suffering. <laughs> yes. I've been to Ukraine four times. I've been to Afghanistan three times. And uh, Were you in Ukraine during the conflict? No, no. Uh, uh, a little before. Okay. But um, it's a beautiful country. And uh, um, I, I've been to many uh, Nixon Institute in Orange County. And I heard Kessinger talk about, and, and, and elder statesmen such as him said, we shouldn't expand NATO over and over, and we keep doing that. I'm not supporting the Putin, but I could see from his point of view that um, this is obviously going to happen. You know, yeah. we, we, we want yeah. this. But who cares if she's going to start World War III? She's a whammon, yes. and she's a person of color, yes. and, and she has all the right check marks for the corporate establishment that is backing her every step of the way. But you brought up some, some interesting points here because I, I, I covered uh, you know, some conflicts in the world. People don't understand how, how brutal they are, how devastating they yes. are, how much of a like low vibrational demonic energy is associated with all these horrible conflicts of the loss of life that, that is felt throughout the third world that – we don't fully understand. We think, oh, we're just gonna we're just gonna be voting here. Everything's gonna be fine. Yeah, whatever. They'll start a war, but the dollar's gonna go. Like you have no idea what kind of deal you're making with the devil here. Uh, but we'll, I want to get into that in a, in a little bit because we're kind of jumping ahead with some of the stories okay. that I have here. Uh, be, because I, I I truly do believe it, it's going to be not, not a decision between Trump and Nikki Haley. It's going to be a decision between World War Three and no war. So um, <clears throat> I think they're going to also. A rush to try to start this war, but but again, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. I want to play a little bit of uh, Ron's concession speech here, which I thought was um, interesting. As of course, um, everyone's saying this is the best speech he ever delivered, and it's the speech of him <laughs> saying he quits. Greetings from Florida. The warmth of being home is a reminder why I've chosen public service, from joining the United States Navy and serving in Iraq to representing the people in the U.S. Congress, and now serving as governor of Florida. And it reminds me why I decided to run for president, to fight for those who have been forgotten in this country. This is America's time for choosing. We can choose to allow a border invasion, or we can choose to stop it. We can choose reckless borrowing and spending, or we can choose to limit government and lower inflation. We can choose political indoctrination, or we can choose classical education. These choices are symptoms of the underlying struggle to ensure that constitutional government can endure and that Western civilization can survive. It's and very interesting that he, did, he didn't bring up foreign policy at all. He, yeah. he brought up all the issues that matter except foreign policy because he was very coy about talking about foreign policy. That's one of the questions. I went to all the presidential uh, debates, and I was ready to ask him. I'm like, we need to know direct stance right now, Ukraine. What are you going to do? How much money did you take from this special interest? What is it going to matter? He doesn't mention at all any kind of foreign policy. You look at his record in Congress, it's not that impressive, especially when it comes to uh, his foreign policy. He was a part of the Freedom Caucus. He did get a lot of support from Thomas Macy. Um, shouts out to Thomas Macy. I think he's a brilliant, awesome uh, Congress member. But yeah, I, I, he, he, he failed in many ways. Foreign policy, I think, is going to be a very big key issue. 
and uh, there's there's no avoiding it. He tried to avoid it, which was dumb. I think that's the whole <clears throat> that's the whole reason that, that I became such a detractor of his is that I was a relatively a fan of his domestic policy, but his foreign policy was this black box that in that black box you reach in there and it's like oh war with China. <laughs> war, war with Palestine, war with Iran, where like the list goes on and on. And we just can't handle that. If you understand the financial conditions of this country, we cannot continue with this empire. And Nikki Haley w- was very overt about it, which I almost respect more. DeSantis was always kind of mealy mouth and, and wouldn't put a, put a flag in the ground and say, this is what I, this is where I'm taking us because I love, I have so much respect for Thomas Massey. I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. I really wanted to, and maybe maybe he's not as in bed with the neocons as as it appeared. Just I have to believe that because I, I have so much faith in Massey. But you can't risk it. Not it's just too dangerous at this time, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Let's play a little bit more of this clip. This campaign to bring accountability to government, regain sovereignty at our border, and restore sanity to our society. We cannot succeed as a country if we allow our nation to be invaded, our currency to be debased, our cities to crumble and our kids to be indoctrinated. The DC elites who facilitated this mess do not care about you, and they do not work for you. They work for themselves. They seek to accumulate power at your expense to pursue an agenda that is harmful to the American people. Citizens do not serve politicians. It is the duty of politicians to serve you. Talk is cheap. Actions speak louder than words. Reversing the decline of this nation requires leadership that delivers big results for the people we are elected to serve. I have a record of leading with conviction, championing an agenda marked by bold colors, delivering on my promises, and defeating the people who are responsible for our nation's decline. That is the type of leadership we need for all of America. Now, over the past many months, Casey and I have traveled across the country to deliver a message of hope that decline is a choice and that we can, in fact, succeed again as a nation. Nobody worked harder, and we left it all out on the field. Now, following our second-place finish in Iowa, we've prayed and deliberated on the way forward. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. I'm proud to have delivered on 100% of my promises, and I will not stop now. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackaged form of warmed over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. The days of putting Americans last, of kowtowing to large corporations, of caving to woke ideology are over. I thank all of our passionate supporters who have stood by us through it all 
Kind of looks uh, a little bit like a deep fake video, especially with all the <laughs> flags uh, behind him. If you look at his uh, face there, people are saying that, that no way this is real. It could be. Hey, you know, the guy doesn't have a lot of charisma and personality. I wouldn't be surprised with the huh. level of technological advancement we have right now if the CIA is just like, let's just let's just make this easy. Maybe this is why his speech is so good so, and incredible and getting complimented now more than ever. I got a different angle on this. I think that this, this man was under such tremendous pressure. Like, I really don't think he's an extra extrovert like Trump you can tell he thrives in the spotlight he wants to give these stump speeches he'll go three hours ad lib like it's nothing he the dude feeds for real off of humanity DeSantis is like he's like shaking people's hands he's like you know like he's just miserable (laughs) every step of the way he's just oh god Jesus can this end soon um so I think that was him and his most uh you know pristine element because he was thrilled to finally being done. He's like, I don't have to do this anymore. Yeah, I, I think it was the AI deepfake stuff. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, but, but Trump was a, was a germaphobe, too. He had to be trained how to like shake people's hands. Right. But uh, you're right. When you, when you go to Trump's speeches, there is a fervence. There is an energy. There's a residency there that's palpable that can't be described in kind of words where it's kind of hypnotizing. It's kind of mesmerizing. He's an, an amazing or, orienter. He's an amazing uh, speech giver and communicator that uh, you know, when, when you finally show up to his speeches, you understand why people like him and support him as much as they do because, because of that, that power that he has on stage. As a politician these days you have to be entertainer. I, yeah. I, I know some people might like it, but Trump, un- unbelievable charisma and, and to me he's a media artist. He really is an artist yep. here and Santos, I think your governor, wonderful policy I think he's a good man, I think he's a competent guy, but he doesn't have a personal touch, like you're saying, like Hillary Clinton. They, they just, I, I don't know what they did. That's a good comparison, actually. I, I, and, 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 and much as I don't like Bill Clinton's policies, I cannot deny he was political genius with yeah. connecting. He remembered he, everyone's he was name. much more Trump-like. And, yes. and a lot of people compared uh, Bill Clinton to uh, Vivek Ramaswamy on the campaign trail because yeah. they had a very si- similar kind of like energy and, and, and way of just reaching out to people. There was multiple stories, even though... Bill is, is, is a very... Uh, he's a dirty dog. He's a dirty dog that can't keep it in the pants. Uh, he, he's been known for like like literally running across the street and shaking people's hands with Secret Service, like freaking out, like, what are you doing? Uh, but, but he's been known for, for having that charisma as well and, and reaching out to, to other individuals. We, we, so, can, we yeah. can vouch for this. We, we spent six days with Vic. Dude's got, dude's got energy like that. Like he, he really, he seems to thrive in it. He's tireless, uh, very open with whoever he's speaking to at the time, uh, very attentive, constantly. Like, he's really paying attention. He's really with whoever he's having the conversation with. And you could be the 1,200th person he's spoken to that day, and he's still engaged. So I think that the Bill Clinton similarities, I could see it. But, but hey, Hillary Clinton has hot sauce in her purse, just well, like Nikki Haley. So there, she's there's She's super that. down to earth. Uh, what was very interesting is, is to see Donald Trump's response to this, because this, uh, this is the official uh, response that we're getting as far as a video uh, from Donald Trump, who was asked if he's going to still say Ron DeSanctimonious. Okay. You just said, will I be using the name Ron DeSanctimonious? I said, that name is officially retired. <laughs> and of course, everyone cheered. Everyone was very happy very about that. a forgiving guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is. When, when you're on his side, it's all good. See, that, 100%. I got I to comment on this because, uh, you know, I, I get along with Laura Loomer personally. I don't. I do not have anything really negative to say about her as a human being. But the the energy behind this, like, if you challenge the king, 
we will all, you know, circle the wagons and, and, and mm. you know, <laughs> build moats and defend him to yeah. the last breath. And if you have any question as to your allegiance, well, you shall perish. We will kamikaze you <laughs> yeah. until you're no longer it's, alive. It's yeah. wild, yeah. but that, that's really how it is. Like, that's why people were cheering. They're like, oh, he's, he's back on the good team again. You know, like, there, there's no more. We don't have to hate Ron anymore. It's just fascinating. I don't like the cult aspect of it. I really don't. Did you guys notice how Ron used that word suspending? Like, he's suspending his campaigning i was like what do you mean suspending because like are you gonna come back like well no no politicians always kind of use that kind of phrasing when they're when they're talking about their campaigns so a lot of people i think bill mitchell was saying something like he's suspending he's gonna run again he's not gonna run again i don't think that's possible I, i will say one one aspect that makes that interesting is that because we're also concerned about trump being removed from the ballots through either through the judiciary, like he's thrown in jail, or they find some way to label him an insurrectionist and he's actually removed from the ballot. Well, then it, then it comes down to Nikki Haley, and I think that there's a chance that DeSantis said, I'm going to leave myself uh, an opening. If that were to come down on Trump in the next three, four weeks, well, then I'll pop back in just so yeah. I can compete with Haley. I, it's not impossible. Uh, everyone in the political cycle always says, I'm suspending my campaign. It's, 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 it's a normal. The official Trump campaign did issue a statement. This is the statement here that we're going to be reading for everyone right now, saying, quote, with only a few days left until President Donald J. Trump's victory in New Hampshire, we are honored by the endorsement from Governor Ron DeSantis and so many other former presidential candidates. It is now time for all Republicans to rally behind President Trump Trump to defeat crooked Joe Biden and his disastrous presidency. Nikki Haley is the candidate of the globalist and Democrats who will do everything to stop the America First movement from higher taxes to decimating Social Security and Medicare and to open borders. She represents the views of the Democrats more than the views of the Republicans. It's time to choose wisely. That's the official statement by the Trump campaign, which kind of uh, issues what uh, Vivek Ramaswamy was saying. And he was saying it's not a race between Biden and and Trump. The real race is between Nikki and Trump, as he is uh, you know, saying just even a few days ago, the establishment is going to put all of their eggs in the Nikki. Haley, neoconservative mm-hmm. war hawk, bloody basket that she carries <laughs> for the globalists, and uh, they could be taking Trump down this way as she is uh, polling favorably in, in New Hampshire. She got the endorsement of, of the governor there, who is a horrible statist. And, yeah, and and it's it's going to be interesting to see how this kind of race unfolds from here. As um, some people are saying, that all the uh, Ron DeSantis supporters are going to be going to Trump. Some people are saying, well, the neoconservative wing is probably going to be going to Nikki Haley. Yeah. Is the neoconservative wing going to have enough um, money, enough support, enough voters that actually will turn out and support their larger kind of sociopathic ideas? What do you guys think as the as the primary is going to be tomorrow? Well, I think I think the story that Yoshi was telling earlier is the the real interesting variable that I don't think people are taking seriously enough is that there was a real push to get Democrats to shift to, you know, undeclared voters so that they can then vote in Iowa for Haley. And she did okay in in Iowa. And I think that with DeSantis being out, you'll see a lot of DeSantis former supporters that will swing to her. And then you'll also see more and more of these Democrats that are getting just absolutely mortified that Trump might have to be the president again. So I I think they're going to do everything. They're going to pull out all the stops. I still think that Trump is clearly the favorite. Uh, but I wouldn't rest on your laurels. There's there's a lot there's a lot of energy and entities that would like to see him defeated. 
It's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what um, Trump kind of does with Ron DeSantis because um, I don't know if Ron is going to be actually campaigning with him in New Hampshire or campaigning with him at all. There's been a lot of bad blood, yeah. But he did come out and he he said uh, Nikki Haley is uh, a repackaged form of warmed over corporatism. That's uh, the nicest thing you can say about her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike Cernovich had uh, another very interesting take here on Twitter. He said, "Quote: I still want DeSantis as Attorney General." So there still are a, a lot of MAGA types, Trump supporters, who are saying, hey, there's a position for this guy still here. Do you think he could actually have a position here? As, as personally, I even uh, released my own list of people that I would like to see in the future Trump administration. And that, of course, would be starting off with uh, Tucker Carlson, vice presidency, uh, Alex Jones, press secretary, uh, Ron Paul, Fed, Fed chairman. A Rand Paul IRS commissioner, a Douglas McGregor DOD, a Ron DeSantis attorney general, a DHS Michael Flynn, a DOJ Vivek Ramaswamy, a CDC Candace Owens, an FDA Joe Rogan, a NASA Elon Musk, and a CIA run by Robert Kennedy Jr. That's the dream team right now. That's the team that America deserves more than ever. And I said, if you support this, Retweet this. A lot of people retweeted it. And um, listen, a lot of people are saying uh, it's not viable. It's not possible here. Dave Smith actually uh, came out and said, I love these picks, but it makes you mad that Trump is not going to do this. Well, who knows? Trump is susceptible to a lot of influence. Uh, I say we got it. We got to keep spreading these ideas more than ever. We got to keep holding his feet to the fire, too, because Mm. it's possible. Yeah. I mean, like I said, uh, I had a an off-the-record, hour-long conversation with RFK Jr. before he was on IRO with you, Luke. And Not RFK Jr., uh, Donald Trump. Me, Donald Trump Jr. Jr. And uh, very, very down-to-earth dude, very open to <clears throat> everything I had to say, uh, agreed with me a, a shockingly large amount. Um, so... It it gave me a little bit a little bit more hope, and you know maybe that's dangerous. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be hopeful, um, but certainly that that list would be incredible if if it could happen. Um, I mean, I'm using an entertainment angle, but I think he will be more pragmatic pragmatic about this and forgiving. And uh, as a, someone who studied wrestling, I think he knows being a heel or having somebody that is a good rating is a good for politics. And I think um, I I think he will do. I think it will surprise us. I mean, I, I'll be honest, I wasn't really sure about President Trump, but the thing that he did with North Korea and, and things that he done in uh, UAE where Orthodox Jews are walking around safe, um, his pragmatist at the end of the day, and he's a businessman, he'd rather get some deal done. Yes. And uh, this is not something I've seen other politicians have done in the past. So I'm very optimistic. And you know, when I do a lot of shows throughout the country, um, I think Trump actually do talk about working class. You know, I, every time I do a show and I ask, um, do you think your kids will do better than you? Vast majority of time, black, Asian, white, Hispanic, they say no. And I think Trump will at least hear what we have to say. And uh, and he's not a warmonger. Thank God he's one of the first presidents who hasn't started a new war. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just hoping that he will do the right thing, yeah. and I think he will. I'm really hoping he doesn't get John Bolton in, in there again. As, oh, of course, yeah. he took money from Sheldon and Allison, and then one of the stipulations was, you're going to put John Bolton in, in, in a position of power inside of your cabinet. And he was like, okay. What you, get, what you get sucks. And then mm-hmm. I, I say this because you brought up North Korea. What he did with North Korea was amazing. was incredible. Absolutely he actually amazing. walked into North Korea not afraid. That's ballsy. That's, that's him showing, hey, North Korea, 
we could be cool. I'm not afraid of you. You can murder me right now, but but guess what? I'm I'm willing to show you some support. But then what happened was freaking John Bolton came out and they were in the middle of the peace talks. They're about to make a major deal. Trump yeah. was going to have a major political victory. John Bolton within the Trump administration talked to the press and said, Oh, North Korea, they're following the Libyan model. And if you look at the Libyan model, they disarmed. They put down their guns. They took away their, their alleged chemical weapons. And then what happened to them? Muammar Gaddafi literally had a knife injected into his you-know-what uh, national television with Hillary Clinton laughing, cackling, and enjoying the torture that he was going through as the rebels that the United States financed were literally chopping up, chopping him up into little pieces on national television. Wild. Yeah. My oh. friend Joe was a translator for Dennis Ryan. Man, and they were in North Korea, and uh, they were actually talking to Kim Jong Un. They were hanging out in his palace for a week, yeah. and they were actually having very uh, productive conversation. And when they returned, they contact Obama administration. They basically told them to fuck off. And uh, I'm sorry, uh, but okay. um, um, wait, who told them to do, to do that? Um, well, when I don't know who Joe and Dennis Romney contacted Obama administration, but uh, they didn't want to have anything to do with uh, oh, uh, yeah. uh, improving sort of, the relations. With, yeah. the, 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 the stand was basically war yep. and sanction. Well, I actually I read a, a fantastic article. I, I can't I'll I'll post it on Twitter if I can remember where I where I read it. It's a well sourced article, but it, it demonstrates that like there was a, a major policy shift in North Korea where they were attempting to normalize relationships with the West and with America specifically all through like like the past 10 years or mm-hmm. so. And and then it was that that moment that uh, that Luke was talking about with Bolton. And then once Biden was in, they have now shifted entirely to align themselves with with Russia, really. And, and there's actually reports of them uh, selling half a million rounds of ammunition and, and artillery uh, to Russia in their war on Ukraine. So I think that we are seeing this this fissure in geopolitics all stems from an unwillingness to to make deals, to talk to people, to treat them as if they're human beings. I think Trump, despite all of his foibles, was pretty good at that. He wanted to actually make deals, as you were saying. It's crazy that Dem- Dennis Rodman got more done than almost no, any, any person at the U.S. State Department for for decades and decades yeah. when it came to North Korea. So uh, you know, some people are you know critical of, of Dennis Rodman. He did an incredible job op- opening up the doors, starting the conversations, and and really opening up North Korea to the possibility of of a larger peace deal, which should which which should be absolutely critically important. There's a lot at stake in, in Korea. There there's there's a, a lot of troop movement. There's, the, there was recently uh, an evacuation of, of a whole um, city in, in South Korea because of the troop movements that were happening with, with North yeah. Korea. There, there's, there's a lot of danger there. People, people don't realize how, people, how crazy yeah, it is. People are sleeping on that. Like that is because North Korea has blustered and bluffed so many times over the past twenty years. That's what that was kind of the thesis of this article I read. Is that. It's kind of the boy who cried wolf, but it's yeah. like the boy is crying wolf, but he's got nukes in his back pocket. Like this is this is dangerous to ignore. Um, and if you look at Seoul or you know any of the major cities in South Korea, a single nuke is cataclysmic. I mean, you're talking millions of people. So I really, I, for that reason alone, I would not be upset to see Trump back in the White House because it's very important that 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 is defused. And, and the whole point is, you're supposed to talk to your enemies, not just fight. Right. Talk to them. And then I think he's willing to do that. Yeah, I'm so all for important. that. 
So, I mean, it's just like a human thing. Like, what? You should, you should, I mean, especially when we have nukes pointing at each other. Yes. Let's talk before we start to just launch these things. What are we talking about? Well, how can you talk to a deranged old man that, that's pooping his pants and, and barely coherent? <laughs> yeah. as, 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 of course, uh, the Biden administration definitely uh, isn't doing themselves any kind of favors here with the man that they're kind of putting forward. And this is why I, I believe that Vivek is, is right here, especially when he says, it's not Biden, it's not Trump. The real race right now, Nikki versus Trump. And there's a lot at stake here. Mike Cernovich had this to say, which I thought was very interesting. He said, quote, I serve no man. My loyalty is to the country. It's Trump 2024 or the country faces a Rwandan style genocide once Democrats activate their gangs from the border. Let no man deny the stakes here. Is this sensationalistic? Is this hyperbolic or is this uh, on point for, for something that people don't realize here? What do you guys think? Um, I went to SBF uh, case, and uh, while I was reading the line to into that case, across the street, there must be 800 to maybe 1,000 refugee. Mm-hmm. And even New Yorkers are starting to admit they don't like this, you know, that violence and theft and public urination, all kinds of other things, you know. And I think we have to have a law and order, and we want immigration. This is the greatest country for immigration. It's just people have to go through the process, and we want talented people people with money yeah. to come to this country. And people that want to work hard, too. Yes. Like the, the, the old American dream, you know, you risk everything to get here. If you want to work and, and make it your way, well, then God bless. And I was living in Stockholm about 10 years ago. They're very liberal and generous, but I think they are even admitting they allow too many people who are unwilling to change their ways. Yeah, if they're willing to problem. come and work hard and change and become American, no problem. Exactly. But that's not the case. Yeah. Well, the left is weaponizing, uh, you know, the political process more than they ever have before. They're, they're, they have many political scalps. They have many political prisoners. They're very aggressive against Trump supporters that are literally sitting in solitary confinement because yeah. they walked around a freaking building. There's people that were sent to the solitary confinement when they were outside of that building. I've got, uh, I've got a lot uh, yeah. to say about that, yeah. but I'm going to have to save that for Rumble. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot at, at stake here. I, I do believe in what Mike Cernovich is saying here. And it's not just that Biden's going to win. Nikki Haley is trying to play more favorable to the left. And she's been pulling a lot of Democrats to sign up for the uh, Republican primary for, so people vote for her, so people support her. I, I, I talked about this even a couple months ago. I was like, hey, it's going to be advantageous for Nikki Haley to kind of lean in more to the left. And that's exactly what she's doing as she was recently on NBC News um, going off on this DEI, BlackRock state-approved corporate talking point. We were the only Indian family in our small southern town. I was teased every day for being brown. So anyone that wants to question it can go back and look at what I've said on how hard it was to grow up in the deep south as a brown girl. Anybody can look at my record and see when Walter Scott was shot down by a dirty cop, how I made sure that the Walter Scott family didn't suffer because we put the first body camera bill in the country in place. Anybody can look at the fact that when we had nine amazing souls die in Mother Emanuel Church, I did something that no Republican or Democrat ever wanted to touch, which was call for the Confederate flag to come down because it would take two-thirds of the House and Senate and was an impossible feat. I don't know what you're implying with that, but what I will tell you is saying that I had black friends is a source of pride. Saying that I had white friends is a source of pride. 
If you want to know what it was like growing up, I was disqualified from a beauty pageant because I wasn't white or black, because they didn't know where to put me. So look, I know the hardships, the pain that come with racism. It's the reason that I fight bullies every day when it comes to racism, anti-Semitism, or hate, and I always will. If I didn't mention slavery on that day, it's because that's an automatic. There's always been, the Civil War's always been known about slavery. What a corporatist woke libtard. Are you freaking kidding me? There's no other way that, that she's saying all of these things unless she's literally, deliberately trying to get people on the left to be like, hey, you're... Woman of color right here, mf her right here. You, you better vote for this. I, I support policies against the police. I don't support the Confederates. I don't support racism. Why is she using all these kind of talking points that the establishment has been using for a very long time to, uh, of course, beat us over the head with when it comes to these kind of DEI, woke, corporatist, bullcrap policies that have been shoved down our freaking throats? It, it, it's pretty clear. It's pretty evident. She is establishment to the highest degree that you could ever be the establishment. I, I wouldn't be surprised if BlackRock was literally writing up, with the Federal Reserve, by the way, writing up every little thing that she uh, remembers to say on national television. 100%. Dude. She, is, she is arguably the most like soulless, vacuous, heartless, spiritless politician I've seen. And I cannot wait for her to be out of this race. She is so dangerous. She really is. I mean, just straight Every every word that comes out of her mouth is written by a banker or you know a military industrial complex contractor. She's just she doesn't doesn't have any any soul to her at all. And you know what's funny about it? I've actually seen interviews of her from five ten years ago because she's from South Carolina. This woman actually does know the history of the Civil War. She she does. So when she didn't say slavery, it's because she knows that there's a lot of complexities that went into that war. And that's as with every war. But we're, we are required under this DEI framework to reflect on our past and make everything about racial divide and evil versus good and obviously evil being the white folks. And I just, I'm just sick of it. And for her to pretend that she, she got kicked out of a, a beauty pageant because couldn't, they couldn't decide which color she was. I'm sorry. She's yeah. not. She's not 75 years old. That did not happen. I don't believe, I don't believe. I, I, I'm more uh, <laughs> of a person of color than she is. You guys, I, I you guys are know. making me question <laughs> my sanity. Like I, I only see white. She looks like a white lady. <laughs> yeah, right? she's a total. I, I, I never knew she was Indian. No, yeah. no what makes hates. you a person of color? Is it the color or is it like something else? Is she Vivek Indian or is she uh, Elizabeth Warren Indian? No, like no, what kind of like, Indian is she? Her, I think her mom or dad is Vivek Indian, but but she looks like a white lady, dude. She looks like one hundred percent. She looks like she would be at my mom's. She is a white know. lady. She's white. <laughs> well, she's halfway. Yeah. Um, I traveled about 70 countries, you know, and uh, I have to say, uh, I'm not suggesting there's no problem in the United States. Of course. But I will say that I have never been to a country who assimilate people as well as America. No one even come close to yeah. that. And uh, although Europeans have a tendency to criticize us when there's some incidents, sad situation, um, but they're terrible at it. In fact, uh, why is it the last 15, 20 years, many of the uh, Europeans joining ISIS are from Europe? Yeah. You know, and uh, I'm from Asia too. Uh, I know we have a bit of a problem in this country with Asian hate, but do you know who hate Asian people? Asian people, yes. and then uh, uh, that get lost in people. And uh, these days, I think one of the terrible things that you could do to a white person accused being racist. Most white people are going out of their way not to be that, and I think the media exaggerate. I think they're conflating the things that happened in the past, but 
um, I'm always happy to return to America because during those shows during COVID, um, forget about what you see in media. I saw more friendliness. People are able to laugh at jokes. Uh, different ethnic groups in the audience, and we forget that. And if you spend too much time thinking about the the difference, we forget how beautiful this country is yeah. when we have so much thing in common. And and what and, what is the tie that binds? And it's yeah. like. Uh, I, this is why, and I know everyone always reflects on their childhood, I, mm-hmm. and they say that this was the best yeah. era. But I strongly believe, and I, I don't know exactly how old you are, but we're probably close. And it's like the the '90s when we were all joking about each other's yeah. races. It was a better. It's just a better way to be. Like we we come together by appreciating and and laughing about our differences, but then like really reflecting on what makes us similar in a way that's that's deeper than our skin color. And it just makes me sad. It just makes me sad. Like the when when people say that this is still a really racist nation. Like the, the, the best evidence of racism in this nation are the white liberals that are going that are so infantilizing towards yes. minority people. Like I don't think there's like the the old school overt and condescending hateful. at the same time. They're like, yeah, yeah, black people can't go to the DMP. They can't have yeah, they ideas. Can't ID. they, you know, they Why? Need, they need all the help. <laughs> they need they need reparations. You never because heard this story? We got no, we got we got to give them more money because they, they you know they're they're poor and they're yeah. and you know they need help because they can't get into education. I'm like. You racist son of a bitch. And, 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 and the most ridiculous part, and I think I traveled almost as much as you, Yoshi. I lost count with how many countries yeah. I, I've been to. The world is racist AF. <laughs> like, holy cow. Koreans hate the Japanese. Japanese hate everybody. The Chinese really hate the Japanese. Filipinos, my goodness, those people <laughs> are brutal. What? Uh, Vietnamese, the Thai, they, they all are at a war with each other. They would all kill He's each other in, in a heartbeat. I've traveled the world. Zimbabwe hate the South Africans. They torture the, the, the freaking Zimbabwean migrants that come into their country. The Nigerians really hate the freaking Somalis. The Somalis just hate each other. Dude, like, Pakistan it's, and it's, Afghanistan it's, are about yeah. to go to war because uh, because Afghanistan refugees fled to Pakistan. No. Indians, Pakistan, they're the same people, but yeah. they freaking hate each other. <laughs> You're the same person. You're literally the same. Like, freaking hell. Like, why? Europeans, they've just been killing each other more than almost anyone else on the on the world uh in, in the world i mean i mean freaking hell brazilians argentinians they hate each other as well <laughs> colombians venezuelans they hate each other as well they all like there's so much hate in this world when you finally travel when you finally see the world for what it is you're like wow america literally is the least racist country 100 uh, percent. Uh, and, uh, and when i was in italy and brazil and some of the middle eastern countries i don't know how many times Kids who run and go haya or call me Jackie <laughs> Chang and stuff like that, you know. They would never do that here. Yeah, you know. That's, so. kind, of, that's no. kind of endearing, though. No, yeah. There, well, yeah. There's like a famous photo of like a, a Asian exchange student in Africa and all yeah. the black kids yeah, are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like this, and then he's like. He's like, he's like so demoralized. He's like, he's like, what? He's the poor Asian guy's like, what the hell? He was hell, there dude? to help people. Yeah. 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 He's like, hey, poor Africans need help. You know, all the white women are like, we got to help all the poor Africans go to Africa. But look, can I also then, tell yeah. you, um, they do it now because they're malicious. I don't take offense. I think people are a little too sensitive. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, at the end of the day, talk to them, help them change their ways. But, it's Call, funny sometimes. You see the R all the time. It's just yeah. uh, it's, a lot of times it's misunderstanding, you know. So yeah. um, we're, we're, we're very lucky to be here. Plus, there's a lot of humor in racism. Yes. It's so, great. Well, you saw uh, the show on my show a couple of days ago. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You're, his show, I, I, you, I, I can't wait till we go on Rumble because be there's so many things we can't talk about. But I, I was at your show 
And I, I thought you did uh, better than all the other people oh, on, on stage. And it was so raw. offensive and yes. raw. And I was like, whoa. And uh, that takes a lot for, 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 for me to even go, that's awesome. That's incredible. And this is, this is how comedians have been healing race relations yeah. for a very long time. This is something that actually is, is important for society to be able to talk to each other, to laugh at each other, and, and to poke fun at each other's differences in, in a humorous way where we actually bring light and, and positivity into the discussion rather than just uh, taking yourself too seriously, being a butthurt Becky, and then just crying all the time about nonsense because when you're able to joke about it, you take the seriousness out of it. You take the weaponization out of it. And there has been, I think, you, you could agree with me or disagree with me, a larger conspiracy, a larger kind of targeting attack of comedians to yes. specifically destroy them, their livelihoods, and their ability to make people laugh in order to push a larger divide-and-conquer agenda. Is that too far is there a larger conspiracy here like i think or do you think it's it's just people becoming kind of soy boy effeminate weak people um i, I definitely think there's an agenda against certain comedians and uh, i think you could talk about anything during the show as long as audience know you have a good intention and once you win that you could talk about anything and you have to be fair about that but um it is very concerning that um they're targeting comedians you know um I think comics, you know, you, you look at some of the biggest tyrants that we had uh, during the perfection business, it's what I call. Um, Stalin was famously was supposed to be a priest. You, you can't be more perfectionist business like business of God. Mm. Uh, Chairman Mao was a poet, and you can't be more perfect as a business of a language, and, and he was belief in, in a, a PC. And, and, of course, Hitler was into... You know, literally perfection, raised. art, and selling his body too yeah. in in uh, Vienna. <laughs> so I, I think ability to criticize them uh, it's it's a very important thing. Yes. And, and and I think uh, I think Luca, you probably know that I think around fifty six or fifty seven there was a secret speech, or maybe earlier, when Stalin died, uh, Khrushchev went up and just started bashing him, attacking quote a personality, and, and 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 this was really necessary to criticize the free speech to attack people are important and. Uh, if you you can't even do it in comedy, this is a huge threat to our life. Yeah, it, exactly. Way. And and uh, I think some some of the representative from North Korea and China was frightened by this criticism. That's why they went back. And so Chairman Mao was ready for cultural revolution. And uh, North Korean leadership realized absolutely no criticism, no joke whatsoever. So I think jokes and and criticism is a very important part. Yeah, you know? uh, gestures are some of the most important, most prominent people yes. uh, in medieval times because they were able to, of course, uh, show that the king was one of the people as well by, by being able to make fun of him. Uh, and this is why we have, you know, these kind of rituals here in the United States. We have the kind of uh, press corps dinner yes. at, at the White House that sadly, you know, is something that wasn't continued under the, the Trump administration. Uh, but I, I think something that is needed more than ever, especially when it comes to just, just being able to post fun at yourself, laugh at yourself, not take yourself too seriously. And I think there is a larger agenda out there to make you wound up, to make you just, uh, uh, you know, I'll just be a little French here, a tight ass. Uh, Norm, Norm MacDonald, yeah. one of the best ones that did it last time, he really let Clinton have it. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Obama he, as well, he, he got it really bad as well. Yeah. I think I think Norm was on The View. <laughs> what he said about Bill Clinton was Oh, yeah. Wild. I mean, yeah. Arkansas and <laughs> yeah. missing bodies yeah. and and, uh, yeah, he, he's you just know, like he's a murderer. CIA he's a murderer. We know this, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like, well, we're still pretending that he's not. And when wow. he was attacking O.J. Simpson, the corporate entity, 
NBC decided to get rid of him. You know, he he was fearless, and we forget that. That was like a core principle yeah. of being stand up. And a lot of them, they're basically uh, kissing up to corporate interests. Well, yeah, they, comedi- don't want, yeah, they don't want to lose uh, their specials. You know? Yeah, comedians are revolutionaries. You look at Bill Hicks. You look at George Carlin. You look at even Eddie Mur- Murphy. They push the Overton window. They push yeah. what is acceptable to say and not say in society. And they question things from such an elaborate way that they have more of an impact on society than I think the news reporters do. Well, so, look, look at Rogan during the COVID era. Yeah. I mean, he he absolutely <laughs> shifted the Overton window into the Dr. Robert Malone and Peter McCullough uh lane and it, it kind of legitimized the dissident doctors that were not they were not schizo lunatics they were like real mm-hmm. highly prestige doctors that had been banned from twitter and facebook and everywhere else so very important but just to, to lay out very briefly what the the backstory is as to as to where i believe this is being implemented it was esg which was formulated in the united nations in 2004 5 and then it began uh to be pushed out through the world economic forum as and then it was uh, adopted by blackrock state street vanguard uh that's environmental social and governance everybody can look it up this is i'm not making any of this up uh but the social aspect was social justice so social justice once you have trillions of dollars that are at the disposal of these money makers that will only give you that capital if you get along with the social justice movement well then the netflix and the all the social media companies and all the media companies start to require that you have DEI practices, that you have uh, very woke programming. So this this is actually a globalist United Nations plot. I know I sound like a crazy person. I've looked into this. It's all real. You are a crazy person. That's, I, well, yeah. that's a different story. I'm telling the truth, though. We have a super chat here from Math H. Weddy Fap. Um, I don't know what that is, but I probably said something uh, already Fetty weird. Uh, saying, quote, her parents are from India, and people like to forget India was a British colony, so being white and from India does exist. USA is best country. Thank you, Matt H., for that uh, super chat. We got another mysuperchat.com from Skewzy one love Shouts out to Skewzy. She's awesome. She says, when is if they steal it? She's full of it, similar to the Kamala Harris saying that she's black, but she's actually more Indian. Again, lots of liars, lots of con artists. These people will say anything to get your vote and support. As of course, there's a lot at stake here. There's 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 a reason why I, I titled this video what I titled it, because it is, in my opinion, the establishment versus the anti-establishment. And what is at stake here is not just the potential you know political genocide of the opposition party, but a larger world war. This is something that if Nikki Haley gets elected, guaranteed world war, guaranteed neocons in the house, Iran, North Korea, war, 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 Ukraine, Europe. Russia, war, absolute war. Donald Trump gets in office. Um, I think there's a larger possibility of them, um, you know, with Peter Daszak and Echo Health Alliance working on something and maybe releasing it. Either way, either way you cut it. It yeah. doesn't look too favorable. But but um, that's when that's the yeah. optimistic route, you know, we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, you know, but but it, it is truly war or, or no war. That's what's on the ballot. That's what's on the ticket. It's it's real. It, it, it's severe. If you look at the trajectory that the United States is in, as we have an article here from the Telegraph saying that NATO is warning of an all-out war with Russia in the next 20 years, when you see what Sweden's doing, what Germany's doing, what Poland's doing, they are all, including Russia as well, preparing for a full, all-out, bigger global conflict. You look at what's happening in the Middle East. You look at what's happening in the South Asian Sea. You look at what's happening in Europe. Situation is not all right. And the next president of the United States will essentially ha- be, be, be even uh, someone proceeding over many conflicts 
Will they be expanding it? Will they be ending it? It's pretty clear. Nikki Haley expanding it. Donald Trump, hopefully, if he puts the right people in there, it's going to be very interesting to see who he puts around him, especially who he selects as the VP. But but it's 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 clear to say Donald Trump is going to de-escalate the wars, probably. Bro, if he puts uh, Douglas McGregor in there, I would be thrilled. He, he is, should. He, he deserves it. Unbelievable. Yeah, over and, the past and, and he absolutely deserves it. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of other individuals that are uh, amazing uh, a- analysts who who know inside and out the entire system that should be in there. Like we should have the best people. We should have the best qualified people. Elon Musk should be running NASA. Ron Paul should be running the Federal Reserve. Like Candace Owens should be running the FDA with Joe Rogan. I want these individuals (laughs) running these horrible agencies that have screwed us over forever because the biggest critics of them should be in charge of them in order to finally get some accountability, to get some transparency, in order to finally put these huge bureaucrats Bureaucratic government agencies in check and stop them from hurting, pillaging, and screwing everyone else over. Yeah, That's well, she, the dream. What position would you like in the uh, Trump administration? I know you. I know you probably wouldn't accept it or even want it. But chief, what, what chief, role? Chief gesture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, National Endowment for Arts. Oh, okay. Yeah, interesting. I, I think uh, if we learn anything from those communist dictators, art is a way to um, propagandize and brainwash people so right. we should have a better art so we should we should propagandize people into a good yeah. worldview and, and yes. arts art's pretty trash right now if you look at modern art it is horrible and, and i think it's deliberately kind of being destroyed well even like yeah. a, many of this modern architecture bring this yes. ugliness to societies and uh um, recently we just had like 60 year anniversary of getting rid of a grand central station the original one it was so beautiful yeah and the reason why they got rid of it is uh, local um uh, what is uh, c- contractors and people who want to redevelop the area? There was money in it, and uh, I think the kind of city that we could have, uh, those beautiful buildings are beautiful, but also time machine remind us how great certain principle of this country, right? Mm-hmm. So I think I think those beauty matters. Um, that's why I was really mad when they put uh, first lady under Trump. She didn't get any of the credit because she is a beautiful woman. And like, whether you're liberal or conservative, when you when you see beauty, you have to uh, accept I, it. Clearly, the most beautiful first woman of all time. And and and, and that you know that's this woke shit is uh, so anti beauty. You know, and uh, it, it's a demoralization campaign. It's yeah. meant to have destructiveness, negative energies all around you, so yeah. you don't find beauty within yourself. Because if you're able to see something more beautiful. Than yourself, if you're able to see something that inspires you, it's something that captivates you in a good, positive light. You have someone who is moralized. You have someone yeah. who is energized. You have someone who will be more creative, who will be more inspired by this. But if you have this kind of Stalinistic, these old Soviet block houses, if you have this kind of demoralizing effort, you have a way of yeah. controlling populations. And this is why beauty pageants, this is why the modeling industry, everything we that, have that has beauty, had standards, is being absolutely destroyed from the bottom up. And it, it's done on purpose. And um, it, it, it's a way of, of controlling and subjugating and enslaving people within I'm their sorry. own minds. I know. It's yeah. not good to be fat. It, it, it's it won't, not beautiful. It, it won't ever be healthy no matter how much they try and tell you that yeah, it's, Clint, it's you hear that? Yeah, I it's, hear it, yeah. Luke. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go to the treadmill right now. Uh, quick question for you. because we, we hypnotized Clint to go to the gym all the time. I do. Clint, are you going to the gym all the time? Yes. When's the last time you've been to the gym? Three days ago. 
I was freaking in Jacksonville. I not, flew not twice. Good, not good enough. Three I, days ago. Yeah. Three? I, come on. Three. I flew She's two, probably every day. I yeah. flew two days in That's a row. That's right. I, dude, I am on the move. Y'all don't even know what I put. I got put through. I missed. All right. So I get screwed by American. I don't want to tell the story. I take it back. I'm not even going to tell the story. I had a hellacious <laughs> travel day. And this is the treatment I yeah, get. No excuses. I just excuses. want you to know what I suffered through. I spent eight hours traveling. Like 500 miles in a plane. Are we still listening Re- to excuses? Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. I, I, I hear you guys, a lot of moaning. You guys are the worst <laughs> human beings alive. I just want you to know uh, that. Uh, right. Clint Russell. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Right, so so you don't need the physical fitness for America. <laughs> ha- hashtag facts. <laughs> All right, real quick. So I, I do a comedy show called Tower Gang. I'm not a stand-up comic. I'm barely even funny. But... I, uh, I You're funny looking, I, definitely, and fat. Uh, but the the angle the angle that I've uh, I've taken is that because my my cadre of lunatics are willing to say the most inappropriate yeah. things, we are we are basically gifted a lane that almost no one will go into. Um, and I feel like uh, even though the wokeness is obviously very uh, anti creative and anti funny, yeah. um, I feel like it has created a tremendous amount of opportunity for. The Yoshis, the Rogans, the Tom Seguros, the the more cutting edge comics out there, Chappelle and things like that. Do you feel as if it's an opportunity more than a, 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 a net negative? We're going to have to save that question for Rumble as well as the very inappropriate things that Yoshi has to say and the stories that he has. <laughs> yeah. All on rumble.com forward slash we are changed. We're going to be transitioning over there right now. If you want to find us, we're actually on the front page of uh, Rumble right now. Rumble.com, we're there next to Viva Frey and Donald Trump, uh, and we're the third selection on Rumble.com. Again, you're watching thebestpoliticalshow.com. We're going to be taking callers on LukeUnfiltered.com. The conversation, trust me, uh, like Yoshi goes off. He has so many like crazy, wild stories. It's it's very difficult having these conversations on YouTube. The conversation gets so much better on Rumble.com. Click the notification button, subscribe to it. Uh, Yoshi, for the people who don't know you, before we leave YouTube, where can people find you and your show? Um, I had my Twitter account stolen a couple of years ago, so I only have Instagram. So it's Instagram, Yoshi Obayashi, Y-O-S-H-I-O-B-A-Y-A-S-H-I. We're going to make sure to put that in uh, the description so people could go and find you. Clint, the vice president, the future vice president of the United States. At Liberty Lock Pod. That is on X, Liberty Lockdown on Instagram. Uh, Clint Russell's the name, Liberty Lockdown, the show on YouTube, Spotify, everywhere. Just search Liberty Lockdown, search Tower Gang. But most importantly, right now, pick up your phone, search for best, the best political show, and subscribe. We have all of our episodes are out on audio now. Uh, we get them out pretty rapidly, and they're, you know, they're, we're doing, doing serious numbers over there, too. So hop on board, folks. We'll see you guys on Rumble. Steph, what position do you want in the White House? Oh, gosh. Uh, Head none. chef. No, none. Head chef. You're great. No. Oh, you're right. You're a terrible cook. I no, take it back. No, no, no. I don't like that question. Look, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Steph. We are change and uh, Steph WRC on X. There's a lot of you guys here on YouTube. What are you doing? What is going? Why? Why? Get out of here. Get out of this digital gulag. We're gonna get wild. We're gonna get crazy. All on rumble.com forward slash we are changed. Folks, See you, you guys over want, there. You do not want to miss this. Yeah. Go over to Rumble right now. Yeah, Yoshi, one of, one, of, one of the spiciest comedians that I know. 
Awesome guy. Can't wait to see him fully unleashed. You will as well. Rumble.com. Get over there right now. I love you guys. Stay tuned for more here on the bestpoliticalshow.com. As, of course, we have a little delay here, and we have a couple of spicy videos that we definitely want to show you guys here. But this one is uh, one that's being shared around right now all over social media, which um, some people, it's inspiring hope. Some people, it's, it's having them being uh, absolutely skeptical of it. Here's this short 10-second clip. She already has 12 other guys telling her she's pretty. Be different. Send her unregistered firearms. And she's a fed and you're going to jail. Now we are officially on Rumble. Yoshi, you had so many you, you had so many different crazy stories. You've worked yeah. in the adult industry. You you covered many different kind of kind of cases and, and, and court cases yeah. all around the world. Where do we go from here? What, I, I'll let you kind of talk about whatever you want to talk about here, because I know you have to hold back. We have to hold back on, on, on YouTube, and I know there's probably a lot of things you wanted to say that you couldn't. I just want to give you the, the yeah. leeway to say whatever you want right now. I think right, uh, right out of high school, my family poor, poor and uh, I think I was fixated on working class, you know, poor people. Why poor people are suffering? And I was naively worked on Dukakis' campaign right after high school. <laughs> and um, I still didn't understand what was going on. And years later, I started working adult business because there was money back then. And one other thing I learned working at Taboo Video Store in downtown Seattle, we had a database of all, all the people renting movies, you know. And every once in a while, um, I, I would see, like, somebody who is higher up at Microsoft, Boeing, um, they're police chief, uh, very important people, academic and things like that. Then when I started looking, the movies they rent, and um, I know you could learn a lot about credit report, but the kind of porn you watch, I learned a lot about you as a person, you know? And there's a BIM diagram of um, terrorists, serial killers, and the billionaire, renegade billionaires um, passing these financial financial decisions, not because it's it's good for their company, because... If you're CEO and fired 10,000 people, it's better than raping one person. You rape 10,000 people and their family. They get 10,000 orgasm. Because look at Soros, Soros' policies. There's no way his policy in the, the, the city level makes sense. He's trying to hurt people. Yeah. yeah. He gets up, and, and, and because he's closer to death, and, and granted, he suffered because Holocaust and things like that, I think you've reached that certain age where you hate humanity, you're going to die soon, and I, I think they, maybe they know, or they don't know, but they follow these policies that hurt people. And I think many of the um, decisions, like even like Chairman Mao, uh, really, he got off on it. Or, that was his orgasm when he got rid of millions of people. Yeah. It's not different from serial killers, you know? So I think that's yeah. why... Uh, because sex is such a difficult conversation, and uh, I mean, originally I went in to make money for my family, but I actually became obsessed with this, you know? So I think, to me, sex is the second most taboo subject matter. And what's number one? I remember asking a couple of the porn girls, like uh, uh, Asa Kira, and a girl named Anna Mall, and uh, they, they told me one time they were doing double or triple anal scene, and I asked, how much money are you going to make? And they said, oh, my God, that's personal. Personal? You have, <laughs> you have two to three dicks in your asshole, but, <laughs> but they're right. Money is the most number one taboo wow, subject matter. That's interesting. 
It, it really is. And when I saw um, Ghislaine Maxwell's uh, verdict, I was one of the four civilians watching Ghislaine Maxwell's uh, guilty verdict, and I went for sentencing. And I, I've been reading about Epstein since 2003. Now, when I released that article in 2003, Vanity Fair, they didn't mention any of a sexual uh, assault, but I was trying to figure out where does the money come back come from, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and and then, of course, the whole um, Miami, uh, Palm Beach, and, and um, all the, the terrible things they were doing. When I saw the victims at the victim statement, you know, I, they're late, the, mid to late 30s, maybe in the 40s. But to me, when they spoke about their tra- uh, trauma, I, I only saw them as a kid, you know. Interesting. I feel bad for them. And uh, um, it pains me to hear it because I'm a lot older than them. Then something really strange happened. Um, defense now, Ghislaine Maxwell, Miss Maxwell, like to speak, and everybody got quiet because during the trial she didn't say anything. When she spoke, I was transfect. I mean, I finally learned the word posh. Mm-hmm. The way she used her Oxford Cambridge education, growing up with the upper class, uh, growing up with uh, meeting the president of the United States, the the, the Pope, and very important people. I'm not kidding. She, she, she's like Darth Vader. She really seduced me. And I was 53 at the time. What chance a 14, 15, 16 year girl with no father, working class, no opportunity, seeing this beautiful British lady saying, I could give you the world. Uh, she's elegant. She, all these pictures of famous people, she seduced these kids. Yeah. And I think part of the problem is because these kids have very little sex education and very little understanding how money works. And I think we are doing disservice to young people in this country. And I think whoever is going to be the president have to focus on that because you can't have a civilization without healthy, well-educated, talented young people. Yeah. I just got back from Asia. It's really scary for me what's going on in South Korea, Japan, and China because population declining for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Right. But um, I'm not a religious person, but I have to admit something I learned last four years, maybe maybe there is a place for church and religious institution. I tend to think so. Yeah. Because I think, I, think um, I, I know sometimes they mention that this issue between Asian and, and the black community, but um, I think... What these kids, uh, both Asian and black kids, they need jobs. They have a work. They have, they have a stake in system. Things are going to be better. And, right. and I think that's why I was wrong about President Trump because lowest unemployment for minorities ever. Uh, that is a pro-family. When you have a job, you don't have time to be stupid, rioted, burning buildings down. Most Asian kids are not going to burn their family's business down. Yeah. You it's, know? Called, so. it's called peaceful protesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and CNN is, is <laughs> fully behind Mostly it. Mostly peaceful. But, but a, a, calm couple, down. Yeah, a, a couple things that, that automatically I thought about when you were speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Ghislaine Maxwell was, was very kind of persuasive. She was literally the one hanging out outside of high schools and outside yeah. of uh, middle schools and going up to children and be like, you want to make some money, kid? Uh, well, come massage this old creepy guy. Yeah. And, and, you know, if she was able to captivate you, imagine how much she could captivate young children and gaslight them and do all that. Now, uh, the, the pornography stuff and the sexual stuff, a lot of people are uncomfortable talking about it because yeah. usually they have a lot of skeletons or a lot of shame associated yeah. with, with sex. And there's this kind of larger kind of conversation that I think is worth having. Some people are saying there, there shouldn't be that much of a stigma against sex because 
because there is. There's so much problems. There's so much compromise. Of course, the CIA and now even uh, Chinese intelligence uh, officials are running uh, brothels yeah. all throughout the United States and all throughout the world to get compromise on individuals. That's how uh, Epstein was able, along with Maxwell, be able to get all this compromise because of this like taboo. Some people are saying we need to talk more about sex so it's not taboo. Other people are saying it is sex. It is violent sex that is being kind of normalized and given to children more than ever now that is leading them to, to be sociopathic, that is leading them yeah. to not have good relationships and to be like Mao Zedong, getting pleasure off of someone's suffering. And this could be why they could be kind of promoting this kind of uh, more aggressive, brutalistic, angry kind of brutal porn that you now yeah. see normalized that, that kids – uh, at a very young age, have access to as soon as their parents give them a cell phone, which is fucking crazy. How do you how do you kind of discern those two um, those two different trajectories, and is it even fair to compare them? Um, I don't know what's the solution, but I will say say that um, you, I don't think you could stop Pornhub. Realistically, it's, it's free speech and things like that. One of the best defense for parents is either send their kids to school with a proper healthy, realistic sex education. And if you're not comfortable with that, the parents must talk to them. I don't know how many times I have my friends' kids emailing me because they're afraid to talk to their parents. I don't mind talking to kids, but I don't like crossing the line uh, without... Yeah, you don't, want to be the school, you don't want to be on the school playground and be like, hey, kids, we're going to talk about <laughs> sex now. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. a good idea. Yeah. Well, unless, unless the parents have actually authorized you to do so, yeah, yeah, it's, it could get you in some trouble there. Yeah, it's still it's still weird to have adults talk to children about yeah. this, you know. So, well, but, I, I learned almost everything I knew from my friends. Like, I didn't learn hardly anything. From yeah, my yeah, you, you you pee in the vagina and you make her pregnant. <laughs> you know, duh. You know, <laughs> clearly, <laughs> that's right, that, right, right, Clint. I got my doctorates in sex ed, and he's exactly right. He nailed it. One yeah. of the interesting thing uh, traveling is that you know, for the last ten years or so, New Delhi has been like top three uh, rape capitals. Oh yeah. And then when they talk to the many of the rapists, it's just kind of shocking to me. But they don't understand the notion of uh, consent. Ooh, that's. Bad. Yep. That's really. But I was shocked when I read that. And and what was interesting, there was a tradition with Kama Sutra where you have a, a, a obligation to your spouse, man and wife. A husband have an obligation to wife and wife to her husband. It was a beautiful thing. It's a private thing. It's a wonderful thing that you could share in the marriage. And I think, and my friend Kareem Sarajapo doesn't agree with me, or he feel uncomfortable. But I think what changed in India was when Britain awry and brought this Victorian value, got this beautiful tradition in India and, and, and put a lot of shame to sex. Mm-hmm. And I think sex is a very important part. None of us are here without it. Yeah. So I think if you have a healthy conversation, because the parents are the first defense of this extreme porn. Believe me, I'm a pervert and I work in that business. I, I know. And, and, and then if you have that, uh, you, you can protect your kids. Uh, I will tell you that uh, one of the funniest stories I heard from one of the porn directors, Rocco Serfetti, is one of the biggest porn stars in the world. That dude, that dude is an animal. Animal. Uh, one of the great performers and a Hall of <laughs> Fame guy. But one of the last time I talked to him, he told me, uh, he was really sad. I'm not joking. He was really sad. My sons and my nephews, uh, 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 none of them want to get into porn business. And he was really sad that he can't pass the family business because <laughs> like, he was so disappointed. What's wrong with this? They're only on video games and, and cell phone. They, but, but They don't want to fuck chicks in the ass like, like their pa? They're, because their sons and nephews are like normal. They, they just wanted one girlfriend, 
monogamy. <laughs> Kids always do the opposite of what the parents yeah, are doing. Uh, but that, that is their rebellion. Uh, it's now counter-revolutionary to, to, to be monogamous and to have a family, which is fucking crazy. It's crazy. But I, I think uh, I think what Rocco was indirectly saying that the kids are more aware of uh, STD and they, they uh, are more aware aware of loneliness and this this meaningless uh, um, fantasy that people are always selling to you, whether porn or Hollywood. I think I think some of the kids are kind of beginning to know that this is not very healthy. It's a dead end. Yeah. It's a dead end, and I think um, even with AIDS epidemic, it was a Mother Nature kind of punishing certain lifestyle. Mm. Now we we, we don't want to. Uh, or the CIA making a bioweapon and <laughs> releasing it in Africa <laughs> with the vaccine program that they had specifically exactly yeah. where they had the yeah. AIDS epidemic blow up. Because yeah, is it was it really a, a guy fucking a monkey? Come the fuck on. That was the yeah. official story. Yeah. He ate a bat. He fucked a monkey. Get out of here with that bullshit. Sorry, yeah. I cut you no, off. No, no, no. I just wanted to also say we almost have 6,000 viewers on thebestpoliticalshow.com. It's almost one of our highest viewed shows. So share this broadcast with your friends and family members. We have one person saying on Rumble, untwisted, my twister saying, I feel 28% less gay on Rumble. Damn right. This is the place <laughs> to be, thebestpoliticalshow.com. Share this broadcast with your friends and family members. We're going to be taking callers in a little bit on lukeunfiltered.com. But, yeah, uh, if we could reach 7,000 live viewers, that would be awesome. Thank you guys so much for sharing and uh, making this broadcast uh, one, as one of the most popular broadcasts out there. Sorry, sorry Yoshi, I cut you off. Oh, no, but uh, one, only one thing I would say about porn and politics. Um, porn movies have an incredible ability to predict who's going to be president of the United States. Uh, late 90s, early 2000, 2004, the most popular porn, what we used to call torture porn, where they're grabbing ladies' head and put it in the toilet and, and, and flashing the water, like waterboarding almost. They're mean. So that's why we were kind of thinking Bush going to win. And 2000... Because he was going to go waterboard some terrorists? <laughs> and, and 2008 and 2012, the most popular porn was interracial porn. So we thought Obama's going to uh, Obama win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 2016, uh, most popular porn was incest porn. And whenever President Trump was talking about <laughs> <laughs> if Ivanka was my daughter, <laughs> I would date her, right? Oh, yeah. In 2020, that's some of the most popular porn. Uh, Grandma uh, porn? <laughs> interest, no, no. It's funny you say that. Um, the biggest trend at the time, I recall, a uh, bunch of uh, major stars in Japanese porn were like men and women in their 80s. And at the time, um, Ron Jeremy was having a bit of a uh, case uh, allegation rape and, and and they keep mentioning Ron and dementia so elderly and dementia so we were thinking Lock what's Biden yeah. yeah so um, it's really weird the popular that's fascinating that, that the, so can, can I ask can you, you wait, I, I, just, I just need to ask this well, your, your pulse on on, 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 on the, the the trigger here What's the porn now, and what are you going to make? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there is there like any kind of brutalistic World War Three porn, like missiles dropping everywhere? Is that going to like highlight Nikki Haley? Because like like shit's crazy out what, there. If they're like, shitting in the street porn, then we're going for Germany. For Germany, <laughs> yes, <laughs> no, we're no, 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 Germany. No, then we're yeah. going for for India. In which case, Nikki Haley. So um, I'm. <laughs> I've been away for 12 years. I, I, I do still consult, but this coming Saturday, I'm going to uh, uh, AVN Adult Video News Award Show. So I'm going to gossip with people there. Right, right. And last Update time I, us. I want to know who's going to be president. Uh, and last time I was there, I saw Stormy Daniels, and uh, mm. she was talking about Trump. I mean, I was eavesdropping the conversation. Right. But yeah, the, the, you'll be surprised how many 
interesting people show at convention. You know, uh, Richard Dreyfus used to famously go to the porn convention and uh, uh, musician. I'm like, wow. I interviewed Richard Dreyfus before. He's a fascinating guy. Fascinating guy. Yeah. No bullshit. Yep. And, uh, um, I he, mean, he likes to drink too. I, I caught him a couple times because I interviewed yeah. him always at CPAC and he's just, he's just like, fuck, I have, I'm just going to tell you what I think. Important question for you. Yeah. Um, so with the Ron Jeremy case, he was accused of raping tons of women yes. from, from my understanding. What is it? And I don't want you to even actually, you don't have to talk about Ron Jeremy in, speci- in specific, but from, from my vantage point or any like normal dude's vantage point, you see a dude who's like, his job is to have sex with thousands of yeah. women. Why would you rape? Okay, so some of the allegation, um, if I remember right, sometimes he'll show up to a shoot where he has nothing to do with it, and he will see a girl walk around naked. He would just allegedly grab her, and and and, and he wasn't supposed to do a scene. Whoa! And and uh, now, I don't know if this uh, analogy makes sense. So NFL football in seventies, eighties. They used to do things that you're not allowed to do it now. Back then, the culture allowed you to do that. Right. Now you can't do that. So we change with time. And so some things, I think, rounded back in the day, maybe it was okay, <laughs> but he never changed with the time. <laughs> so, right? So like, when, when keeping it real goes really, really wrong is what you're saying. Well, I mean, <laughs> I remember doing a stand-up show with him at Brayard Improv one time. After the show, a couple of these girls asked him to um, sign their breast. Right, so they asked. I, I guess you could do that, but I think he pretend like he misspelled. So he pulled one her tit out, licked it, and wiped it, and, and resigned it. And I was like, "You could do that." I mean, I, 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 I work in porn business. I don't, I don't know you could do that. But this, this is like two thousand nine. Animal. So I don't think he didn't change, and he should have. I'm not excusing it. So sometimes, like like right now, they're trying to judge comedians from s- jokes that they said in, in the 80s. I love Eddie Murphy. He's, he, in my opinion, he's, he's the GOAT. Now, we're very sensitive about, about um, different genders and things like that, and, and we should be. We should be a little bit more respectful, but it's unfair to judge him at the time when he was doing that because I don't no. think it's malicious. No. So, look, even the people who are woke, 50 years from now, 40 years from now, your grandkids going to judge you for doing something stupid because people change all the time. Right. So I think we should be a little bit more forgiving. Yeah. You well, what, I, I got to figure it out. I got to figure it out. Um, we had Andrea and Young on um, the last show we did here, and she talked about specifically how Pornhub was putting in trans porn into normal porn because yeah. they're trying to normalize people oh. being into trans. Mike. So Big Mike 2024 is becoming more and more of a reality, and I just pulled up our shirt with the, the, the wiener that's highlighting 2024 with our Big Mike shirts that you could get on the bestpoliticalshirts.com. Do you think but, Michelle uh, Obama's a dude? <laughs> I feel like you've seen a lot of bras You've seen a lot of trannies I have no doubt you, you got a hand. I will say a couple of things I have to say um, Black transgender porn star are more popular And, and uh, I will say that um, I'm not going to give my personal opinion But I, I have to admit Joan Rivers made a joke about that yeah, dude. So I don't know what to say People she laugh. was dead within months Yes So You know But to me you could talk about anything. You could make fun of anything. And if the, if that joke doesn't work out, um, like Patrice O'Neill said, like, okay, it didn't work out. That doesn't mean it's not funny. You just right. have to work on it. Yeah. I don't like when people criticize comedy. Like, you don't judge 
when people write a movie script for horror film, you, know, you don't have people standing over their shoulder and say, hey, you shouldn't say that. Right. You have to give people the freedom to make mistakes. Well, it's the process of creation. Yes. You, you have to be able to have trial and error. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's not just in comedy that that matters. It's, it's in writing. It's in, it's in politics. It's yeah. in thought. It's in, th- like, actual thinking. You have to be able to think inappropriately to, like, then see if there's something outside of the realm of what is acceptable and decide if, you, if it's like, oh, this is an idea that we have dismissed, but... Actually, it's true. You know, like there's many examples of that through history where we circle back to something that we thought was nonsense and we realize, oh, there's some there's some merit to these ideas. And I just feel like this is a, a very uh, counter enlightenment worldview that's going to take us in the dark ages. I think Tom Freeman talked about this right after 9-11, the, <clears throat> the evil imagination. And I think uh, the government contact Hollywood because to prevent any 9-11 surprises anymore, uh, just because you have an evil joke or, or dark humor it kind of help you prepare for something that could happen. How do you protect your family if you can't even imagine that people are capable of being evil? Right. It's really important. So I think uh, you, you the, have to put yourself in that type of mindset yes. so you can analyze. So, so you could prevent something from right. happening. So I, I, I think um, um, as far as Michelle Obama, transgender stuff, you know, there's like... Uh, there do you think she's lo- a dude? I can tell. No, no. A lot of people fantasize. That's a fantasy for many men. Yeah. Believe me. Why? I don't get it. Seamus I mean, I mean, Coughlin, do you want to comment on this? Uh, what? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> the dog yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sh- the good old Catholic sh- boy. Seamus, yes, yes or no? Mike or Michelle? Ma- walk up to Stephanie. Stephanie has the, has the mic up there. This is a very dangerous question. Are you putting me on the line right now? Mike or Michelle? Who is it? Oh, are you are you asking me about... You know what we're asking. asking about Big Mike? Yes, 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 yes. I just I have not spent enough time researching the issue to give a definitive answer, but my team will reach out to you in the next forty eight <laughs> hours with some more concrete information on See, this. Man's afraid yeah, of being canceled. Cowardly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah no, yeah. I, I, I have that's, no problem that's a political being canceled. Answer. I have no problem being canceled. I just don't know about the situation. I just I, don't know about I the think, situation. I think it's probably Michelle. But she does have an enormous clit. Dude, it's... this. Oh. <laughs> wait, what's wrong with the? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What, 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 I was what's... afraid of getting canceled, and then he gave the PC answer. What? Unbelievable. That was I, PC. Hey, hey, no, hey. it wasn't. Wait, what's wrong with it the giant clit? Right, uh, <laughs> a giant clit is too phallic. It makes that, me. That was, it makes uh, me everybody just really quick. That was that was Seamus of the worst political show dot com. Seamus Coughlin, everybody just invaded the studio here and decided to. You know, just uh, you know, be a vagabond, and, uh, and yeah, we have a vagabond. Now, he's shitting so. for the second time in yeah. the past hour. Seriously, I, I'm concerned about him. I, as soon as he was in the toilet, I'm like, "Are you dropping potatoes in there?" Yeah. Like, because he's been in there for a while. I don't know what he he's, he has a bad diet too. He only drinks. <laughs> he, he, he has a horrible. He, it's just sugar and like sprites. He loves sprites. I don't know why would you like sprites? They're like filled with like high fructose corn syrup and all this other like off, just horrible, awful stuff. The guy's so, a real piece of shit. If we're being honest, yeah. I mean, a uh, piece of potato. Piece a potato. Yeah, we're, we're, on, we're on Rumble, so we could say whatever. The hell Still, it's always w- potato. We want here, but uh, so much fun. But uh, anything else we should we should? Uh, oh, okay. we, I've got a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you well, don't mind. Wait, go, go right okay. ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yoshi. Um, <clears throat> so you said that there we can learn a lot from the porn. Um, is there was there a porn of choice? I would assume that like the the serial killers are into the torture porn but i could be totally wrong is there like a genre that you've noticed correlates to mentality yeah yeah what, what are pol- sociopathic politicians into yeah um so this month is very interesting um january 4th this year this month um ted bunny's first kill uh january 5th 
Ting, I believe, was the 50-year anniversary of BTK, uh, Dennis Rader murdering Otero family in Wichita, Kansas. This month is also the second murder by John Wayne Gacy. 1974, 50 years ago, the year of fear. And uh, um, there was a lot of that uh, murders happened. And it, what the thing with serial killers is that uh, they're motivated by their fantasy. They keep killing people because uh, when they keep murders, it's never good as fantasies. They're always constantly chasing after the perfect fantasy, you know? So someone chasing like Dennis, the dragon. Yeah. So Dennis Rader was big on bondage as a young child. I think he saw his uh, father cut a chicken's head off. He got uh, aroused. Aroused from yeah. it. And he was interested in, in this, like a Pulp Fiction magazines and uh, bondage and things like that. It's okay to have fantasy. And we, if you have an a open conversation, you could help these kids talk to them about it, but uh, because he wasn't able to, that fantasy escalated to the point where eventually mm -hmm. he needed to kill people. And um, That's an interesting balance. So when there's a taboo thing that if, if it is suppressed, it kind of festers. Yes. So would it be better for young people? Because, like, you know, they always say serial killers are known for torturing animals. Yes. Would it be better to treat those kids in a non-taboo fashion and, and allow them to discuss it. Like it's, it's tough because like that's a, that's a behavior that you want to suppress. Yeah. Like you don't want society to do those things, but you certainly don't want people to go out and fucking mass murder people either. So I, I noticed what is, it's a very same thing over and over with serial killers, uh, um, terrorists and, uh, um, this very wealthy business people, early childhood trauma and, and some issues never been, uh, um, res resolved, you know, and uh, um, I, this is just like a pet theory on my part, but um, because Ted Kaczynski was so smart, he skipped like five, six grades. Yeah. So imagine, you know, we have a beautiful lady here. Imagine there is a kid in your room, 12 years old. I think most of the girls going to ignore him. Mm -hmm. So he never learned to connect with women. Ah, the resentment yeah. lingered. Yeah. And I think and there was early trauma at the hospital when he was a baby. That didn't help the matter either. Now, uh, Jeffrey Epstein was a smart guy. And I think he skipped like two or three grades. Now, that might not sound a lot, but I think he never learned to connect with the women his age. Yeah, that disconnects you from your peers. In the high school. Until he got that job in Upper East Side School where he finally learned to uh, make shit. a connection. That's interesting. And, yeah. and, and, and another thing that he learned, I believe, is that, that when you go At to... the Dalton School, you mean, that yes. uh, Bill Barr's father got him the start of, even though he didn't have the right credentials for. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and Mr. Barr, it was interesting because he wrote a um, science fiction book about future colony where you are a sick slave and make a, a perfect specimen of uh, people if i remember right and i, I think epstein had a similar kind of idea but he I, did I, he, he was working on a eugenics project where he was uh, impregnating uh, 20 women at a time in order to spread his seed everywhere because he wanted his genetics to be perpetrated yeah. uh as he also believed in depopulation just like uh bill gates did and, yes. and they worked on similar projects sorry go ahead yeah so because he was teaching at that school i think he learned very important uh, uh, concept this is something you learn in Hollywood too. I think what he learned at that school is that you could fuck kids, you can't fuck rich people's kids. Probably. <laughs> Shit. That's, yeah. so you, That's dark, dude. So, um, and 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 I think um, he he knew how to flatter young uh, rich kids who turn around, introduce him to their father. It's a green. I forgot the guy's name, but he was one of the uh, uh, investment banker, and he saw ambition, smartness, and the fact that he was a. Uh, uh, 
popular by uh, his daughters, I, I, I think uh, um, that helped. He brought him into the fold. Yeah. And I, I think these kind of things that is not resolved uh, will continue on until you have a tragic thing like Epstein. Although I have to say um, Epstein was not just child molester, but I think if anything, um, this molestation case kind of uh, hide the fact that he was an even bigger financial criminal and and uh, boy, he he knew because he understood money and sex. Uh, when it comes to super rich people, he brings sex to the picture, you know, because maybe they don't know how to uh, get gross or whatever. And when it comes to poor people, uh, whether they're an academic and actors, he has money. He understands how to manipulate both sides. He was a master at it. Yeah. I don't think he, you know, like uh, Leon Black supposedly say he provided a great accounting and uh, taxation code and, uh, 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 you know, to uh, his business. Um I think if you have a massive multi-billion dollar investment banking company, hedge fund, I'm sure you have an accounting or two. I, I don't really buy that part. I think Epstein understands people's weakness, whether they're Lex Wexner or uh, yep. others. He just knows their weakness. And, and, and what's, once, the, once what's the number one weakness? It's usually sex. Sex. And it could be, it doesn't necessarily mean kids. It could be something shameful because what Lex Wexner, I always thought, I, I, I'm not saying he's homosexual, but he had that energy to him you know and i mean isn't it strange when you own uh victoria's secret you only go to the first uh show and you never go any of them i'm not saying harass the girls but like any heterosexual man would like to go to those events and be surrounded by beautiful girls why not right yep. he only went one with epstein and that was nice. but but there's also a kind of normalizing of of having uh, women be super skinny and kind of look like prepubescent boys in the modeling industry as well i don't think that was an accident as well clint where are you going get put those headphones on we got an, uh, we got a, a sponsor to talk oh. about what are you doing clint sorry, clint's sorry. like trying to trying to drop a potato after seamus did <laughs> Uh, Seamus just dropped another oh, major. You're right. I ma- should wait major, until major, that place major clears potato up. here. Woo! Potato yeah. factory. Potato that, factory. <laughs> that guy's that guy's diet is horrible. So you can only imagine what kind of potatoes he's dropping in there because he's he's it's the second time he's been in there for a very long time. Uh, we we showed you when he was coming in and out on the live stream here. But we actually have a sponsor and we want to shout out Birch Gold that's actually uh, sponsoring and and supporting this independent media broadcast. Uh, if you want to diversify your savings with physical precious metals while stockpiling silver in your home safe, it's Birch Gold's group, most popular special of the year. Now through January, for every $5,000 you spend with Birch Gold, they'll send you a one-ounce Silver Eagle coin for free. Visit birchgold.com forward slash Luke to claim your eligibility now. Clint, do you want to take it from here? You can purchase gold and silver and have it shipped directly to your home or have Birch Gold's precious metal specialists help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold for no money out of pocket. And they'll send you free silver for every $5,000 you purchase. Keep it for yourself or give something real with value as a gift to a loved one. Just visit birchgold.com slash Luke to claim your eligibility. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers, now is the best time to buy gold from Birch Gold. Visit B-I-R-C-H-G-O-L-D.com slash Luke and claim your eligibility for free silver on qualifying purchases before the end of January. Thank you so much for Birch Gold. We love these guys. Yeah, they got Doug Casey up there on their website. Doug Casey is a real one. He's uh, pretty awesome. He was on this show, too. 
uh, awesome, incredible person who now is in Argentina. Uh, I might be going down to Argentina to try to interview him, hang out with him. We're, we're working on some really fun stuff, and it's only possible because of our sponsors. So shouts out to all the sponsors, all the companies willing to work with us. We uh, appreciate them immensely. We also got uh, MySuperChat.com from Askewzy One Love saying, Yoshi, awesome name, elephant in the room that I respect Luke bring up on the Tim Pool podcast. If Trump does become president, it's likely 2024 will be nuts, possibly with disease X. And because he still thinks the death vax was great, we are going to repeat our mistake. Uh, Excuse one love. I think that that's a possibility that a lot of people are thinking of, especially with this latest article that we have here from the New York Post that is detailing, quote, an ancient zombie virus trapped in Arctic ice could unleash deadly new pandemic. Quote, tangible threat, highlighting specifically how scientists are working in the Arctic and uh, literally digging stuff up that could kill and wipe off all of humanity. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing here? As, of course, a lot of people are questioning what the Chinese are doing, as this also New York Post article highlighted how a Chinese lab was crafting a mutant COVID-19 strain with a thousand percent kill rate in humanized mice. This as the U.S. government literally sent out a message to the Chinese being like, hey, can you guys not try to create a, a, a freaking bioweapon that will kill all of humanity all at once? Yeah, that's a question that I think a lot of people have for themselves. Clint, how were the how, how did the potatoes smell? And uh, <laughs> the motherfucker's still in there, or he left the fan on? I don't know. I didn't want to bother him. So uh, it's look, we need a potato famine just to save this guy's life at this point. It's dangerous. How many potatoes he's eating? What he's doing in that bathroom? I don't know what's wrong with the guy, but he needs to see a doctor immediately. Yeah, absolutely. Now uh, let's get back to the, the the main topic of discussion here. <laughs> Big Pharma's up to some awful sh- awful shit, man. They, they, they've they they're. They're talking about uh, disease X. They're talking about it specifically at Davos. I, I don't think they have a, a disease X. I think they're talking about a disease X. But, but more importantly, I think they're working on a disease X because that's the perfect freaking leverage tool. That's the perfect thing to have as a compromise weapon. It's not just pornography. It's not just money that, of course, is used to control people. It's also the possibility of them saying, yeah, we'll get Trump in there. But guess what, Trump? We're going to release another virus unless you do this and this. Or not even that. Trump, Trump's in. Just going to release the virus right away. Uh, and if they do that, I still want to see Donald Trump address what, what happened during COVID. I think his record on COVID is not good. I think he still is denying a lot of the larger realities and the larger effects of, of the vaccine that, have, uh, that has killed people, that has hurt people, that has uh, essentially damaged people's lives that there's no going back from. I want to hear a recognition of that. We haven't had that. Um, you have a lot of uh, history with Big Pharma, Yoshi. How bad do you think do you think uh, they are? How bad do you think they're they're willing to go? Since uh, you worked with them and um, you, you were a part of a lot of their kind of scientific experiments, what do you make of this mice experiment with a COVID strain that's a hundred percent more lethal than the previous one? Um, look. I'm at the very bottom. I don't really know the upper management, what they, what they do. I will say that um, um, I was a little, I've been doing it for the last 10 years, 11 years. Whenever um, I don't make enough money in stand-up comedy, I suffer from an income. And they particularly look for people who are Japanese because Japanese metabolize medication better than any other race. Anyway, I've been doing it for quite a long time. But I will say that during COVID, it was really weird because every facility, once they started experimenting again, they were so confused. They were asking me, like, hey, did you go to ABC a- a- 
clinic? How are they de- dealing with it? Like, you're asking me. You're supposed to be the expert. So um, it was really scary. Um, the first medical study I did during COVID was we were putting into hotel for like three, four days before we could even go to clinic. They wanted to make sure we were all right. And the hallway were monitored by security, and also they were dressed in those. Um, remember that scene from ET? They were going to the house. They had this uh, like a protective gear. Yep. Literally, same people were walking down the hallway, make sure everything was okay. Wow. And that's uh, the shit that we saw in China in the early days too. Yeah, they were they were literally like um, because every clinic I went after that, they were, they were clueless what's going on. And uh, but it tells you that they thought it was a real lethal bioweapon. I mean, at least some of the people did. I think others knew you know, the actual lethality. But I, I really believe that that the early messaging that was given to Trump, and this is why I'm so disappointed with him and why I, I side with Luke, in that he ought to just acknowledge yeah. that he was deceived because he, I think he was told... Even that, though you didn't fight Loomer and Tim Pool with no. me, it was me versus the, the, no. the, the Loomer. <laughs> Imagine going against Lower Loomer. Holy frickin' cow, that takes... That takes some some that that oh, that's she, she fucking, was she was calm compared to Tim. <laughs> yeah, Tim's the one that was like, ah! <laughs> like he had that he had that Chinese what, what's that uh, what's that Dragon Ball Z yeah, like yeah. Ah! he was hame hame chops fine <laughs> um, but but you know I think what happened is that he was told in the in the first few weeks of the the rollout of COVID or when it started to yeah. actually hit the domestic shores that he like we don't know this could be a ten to twenty percent kill rate and and if this spreads like wildfire we're gonna like because i think they knew it was a bioweapon yeah. that they were working on i'm just any any thoughts about you know the, that entire era given your experiences why sorry sorry the question sorry i just any any thoughts about like do you think that it was a bioweapon or do you think that this was I, I think at this point very few people think that it was a naturally occurring you know animal to i'm not going to name names but every clinic i went when i have a perfect per, personal conversation so when they, when you're trying to get into a new study they check your physic uh, physical condition and make sure, sure everything's all right and uh, they can't give their personal opinion but i will say that once i go in final checkup and make sure i'm healthy enough to do the study I think nine out of ten doctors say it's lab. That's what they were telling me privately. And these are the people who do medical experiments. So they knew, yeah, early. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say they know, but that's what their opinion was. But they, they don't assume, want to yeah. say to lose a job because uh, the people that I work with, they're called clinical research organization. Yep. They get hired by a pharmaceutical company because yep. every pharmaceutical company do not have any drug to be tested every single day. So they have a third party. Their job is to hire and do the experimentation exactly what they ask them to do. They're not interested in these extra opinions about things like that. Yep. So they're very careful to uh, satisfy their clients. But when I talk to these doctors, like, yeah, almost, almost all of them say, like, yeah, it's, it's got to be a lab. I mean, yeah. yeah. Lab but, created. But money silenced them. You know, it's not their job to. Well, it's not just money, though, too. I mean, it is money, obviously, in their, in their situation. But it's the, the reason that the money is tied up is oftentimes because Fauci was ahead of NIH, NIAID. So he was like, he was actually, he's the top of the money funnel. So if he says, we're not fucking talking about this being from a lab, then everybody down the, down the chain just goes, yeah, you're right, doc. It's, it came from a fucking, you know, pangolin in a wet market. You it, cannot do science research without money. Oh, of course. Right. But and, I'm saying and, and he's he know, the guy he, that, was, he, that had he, the strangle. He, he was like a Federal Reserve Chairman for exactly. finance, uh, scientific uh, experiments and uh, that's how you silence them and uh, yep. but I have to say when, when I do those uh, medical testing for the last 11 years last four years three years during COVID um, yeah they said they believe it from a lab they just it's just nonsense yep. but they can't they, they cannot say that 
Well, I'm glad to hear you have my worst fears confirmed. I assumed as much. But. Yeah, if you guys can't turn off your Wi-Fi because we're having some uh, internet connectivity um, issues, we apologize if that's happening here. Even though we have a hard line Ethernet in and we have really good high-speed internet, uh, there's some drop frames that I'm seeing on OBS. So I apologize if there's any kind of inconvenience. It could be the potato guy. I don't know what he's up to, but as soon as he <laughs> came here, yeah. he probably just did just, uh, just watching hardcore porn. He probably yeah, probably you know, you know that that, that just, guy just like, like maybe that maybe that's why he was in the bathroom for. Like, so long. Yeah, I mean, just fat, just, fat just, Irish women getting hit with potatoes. That's probably his kink. Ma- no, no, no. Mashing potatoes. Mashing them on them? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What a weirdo. Potatoes. So, yeah, I mean, that guy's... That guy's, that guy's. Also, um, I he, he, say... did, he did close the door behind <laughs> Stephanie and uh, locked himself out of this conversation. But, uh, sorry, Yoshi, you had No, no, no. I just want to say that um, um, I have such a mixed feeling because I know some people complain about the price of medication, but... You have to remember that there was a company in San Diego that found a cure for hepatitis C. They were in verge of filing for bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. So I do believe in free market. They deserve to make the money when they find a cure for things like that. Yep. It's just that when they create problem and trying to solve it by making money, this is a really well, problematic. Uh, the, the, I mean, it's a multi-level problem like because the FDA approval process is so cost prohibitive. So like obviously we want the drugs to be yeah. safe once people are using them. But if you end up, if you have to risk billions of dollars to even get to the like trial phase yeah. of a drug that could save tens of thousands of lives, well, then it has to be very exp- like the the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow has to be enormous. It if has you're, to be if you're going to risk billions of dollars yes. up front, and and I just think people are totally un, unrealistic when they go like, no, we have to get like capitalism's the problem. And it's like no, 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 no. capitalism is actually the solution. It really, Absolutely. Is. yeah, yeah. And we're going through a socialistic big pharma system controlled by Dr. Fauci and Bill Gates and all these other freaking corporatists that are literally abusing their positions of power. Where we have real life situations like the Bill Chill, where you can't criticize anything tied to the Bill Gates money or Bill Gates will pull money from your medical institutions. And again, it's not even medical institutions. It's Rockefeller-influenced institutions that got rid of the most important things for natural health and recovery and and immunity, and and that's naturopathic medicines. That's prioritizing sleep, getting rid of stress, working out, actually having good habits, actually having a good diet that you're no longer allowed to talk about because you'll be banned on social media. Your doctor will criticize you and make fun of you because how dare you try to Google uh, anything about your own personal self or your own well-being because the experts have it all figured out for you as they keep shoving pill after pill after pill down your freaking throat as you become more numb and become more freaking susceptible to disease and side effects that, of course, ruin your life that, don't worry, there's going to be more and more pills from that are going to make it magically better. Fuck that bullshit. Well, Yoshi, I, I hate that. Oh, go ahead. Um, you, you reminded me something. Uh, I, I've been told that uh, because there are few child psychologists uh, therapist, it's easier to prescribe medication. I don't really like that. I think they need to talk to kids, but there's this really nefarious incentive to create new and many other new drugs for kids. And I can't believe how many pills the kids are taking. Yeah, it's, it's fucking crazy, man. It's ca- catastrophic, honestly. I think we like. Uh, that on top of the DEI shit where like white people are being told that they're the the you know evil ones and the only way they can get out of that role is to become you know gay non-binary yeah. i think it's fucking these kids up yeah. bad because they're like 
I don't want to be the top of the oppression hierarchy. I want to be one of the everybody else. I want to be a minority class so that I'm I'm not being yeah. an oppressor. But then you then you add on top of that SSRIs and Ritalin from a young age and all this other shit. It's it's got to be just doing a number on these kids. My friend Haytham, he's from Yemen, and he said, you know, my country is a failed state, but we don't have to make reservation to have a time with our family. And even though it's a terribly war uh, war torn torn country. Yeah that it's surprisingly families intact. Even I saw when I went to Afghanistan that the family is wonderful there. We're so rich. We are manufacturing a lot of unnecessary problems. Big time. And I, I, think, I don't know what's the solution, but we have to do a better job for young people. I, I didn't like they were burning cities and things like that, but I have to say one thing I was, uh, I, I had to agree, things are not going well for them, you know? And like, if we don't provide them with a good solution or help them, I don't know why they would stop doing that. So. No, there's no future for them. Yes. Like, what's your future? Work at McDonald's, work at a corporate dead-end job, go to school, be in debt, and then be denied opportunities because you were born a specific way? Fuck that kind of future. And, yeah. and then you're told by everyone on, on the TV, on the news, on, on social media, chop off your dick, Timmy. Everything will be great. You'll be, you'll be protected in our society. You'll be given opportunities. You'll be a part of the special class here. Just take these hormone pills for the rest of your life and be dependent on big pharma. Everything's going to be fine, Timmy. Fuck that, man. That is sociopathic. That is absolutely freaking insane. You worked with a lot of the, the kind of testing stuff. Uh, you had a lot of very crazy stories. I don't, I don't know if you want to get into any of them, uh, but, but I remember listening to some of your stories and they were fascinating with the stuff that you've been through. I'm surprised that you're not a superhero with all the fucking different shit. Like, have you ever gotten any, any side effect that's like, you're like, I want this side effect? Um, well, the p- problem is, if I get sick, I don't know if I'm sick because I'm getting older or, or, or is it a side effect. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's the problem. You know, like, yeah. no, no, I don't, I don't, so the people who don't know, you've d- done a lot of testing for, for Big Pharma. That's why you yeah. think that. Just, I, just to give, give, give uh, people hindsight about what was happening. Yeah, like last month I finished. I was locked up for 20, I don't know, five days for 13500 for like a dementia medication. And then um, you have to wait a month until the drugs are clear out of your system. And I'm getting emails and text messages and phone calls every day. Hey, are you... Would you want you want to do Parkinson's disease? We're offering this much money. You want to so there's group of Americans like Fight Club. They're traveling like gig to gig. I mean, we are whores for science. That's what we are doing. And, uh, and sometimes when I'm in a room, sometimes I go into like it's a kind of like a medical auditioning, like Hollywood. And I, I walk in like, oh, I remember you. And the guy's like, he calls me Y.O., which is Yoshio Bayashi. And I remember like, oh, yeah, XM, whatever, right? And then uh, like like a past criminal is like, hey, did you hear about this place? They have a new study for 50000 if you get locked for two months. So so we're, we're this is how desperate we, we are. You're like, medical mercenaries. Yeah, we're, we're going to different places. But after a while, you will hear things like, you shouldn't go to this medical lab. They're very questionable. They're kind of uh, not trustworthy. And they're doing study for like Chinese pharmaceutical company. I'm staying the fuck away from that one. Um, have you had any, any uh, compatriots in this industry that have died? There was a case. Uh, one time I was flying back from Europe. There was a study. I think in, they were doing the study in Spain. And I think it might have been Belgium or French company. And they give this medication. All of some people are having terrible AE, which is adverse effect. And they fainted. They had to go to hospital. And then once that happened, you have to stop. But next day, instead of counting the hospital and see what happened, they inject 
five other people. I think one had a brain, de- brain dead. Another one was in coma six months. And uh, thank God for the lawsuit system because we keep people honest here. But yeah, that kind of stuff happens all the time. Yeah. You know, and, uh, Are you afraid? Yes. Um, I, I'm, as long as I don't do anything with brain, I stay, I stay away from anything with depression and things like that because mm. many people say there's a really terrible um, long-term impact. I would imagine. Uh, I like cancers. I'll be honest with you. I like, uh, I like any, I like any study in the 50 page document say this may cause death. I like those because they pay more money. Right. So you're such a savage. So I take that, but anything with mine, I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, I, I, I don't like spinal shot. I've done that too. Um, what, what did you get in your spinal? Like what did you get zapped in your, in, in your spine? Um, they want to take the level before the injection, and then ah. they, then after the injection, they want to take another level. Wow! And uh, man, the guy before me did it, and he's a couple years younger than me. He starts screaming, and I'm like, "It's five in the morning. Like, should I fucking just leave?" Like a, a grown grown ass man is screaming, right? Like, but boy, I could use that seventeen thousand. I don't want to get a normal job anymore. I don't want to edit transgender porn anymore you know what, Even, do, you, what do you do when you're locked out for 25 days you just jerk off all day they, they also made you edit uh, transgender porn that was my expertise like I, 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 <laughs> you're the most interesting man alive no, no, but, I, I, yeah, no, but, no one more interesting i'm not i'm not proud of it oh, i'm not proud of it be but proud. it's fucking awesome i used to work for evil angel one of the biggest console company clint's very happy that you did you you, yeah. you, you had some masterworks for him yep and, Thank you. And uh, you've improved my life. <laughs> of course, my family is not no Asian parents. must say my son worked for porno, so they say I work for EA, the video company. I don't work <laughs> right. for video company. Right, right. Um, um, oh wait, I, I had a point. What was you were editing trans porn? And uh, uh, the spinal dude, dude was crying, crying with the Oh spinal. yes, thank you. Um, I was like, oh. so I I I lay down. Did it? Here's the problem: when you hit spinal shot, uh, you you can't you get headache, you can't move around. I have headache all the time. I I really didn't feel anything, so I wasn't moving around. Everyone else, that's why they like me. Like I never complain, even if, even if I'm blood is coming out of my ass or <laughs> did um, blood come out of your ass? Like, yes. Oh, <laughs> shit. My shit turned green for like a month, Ew. and my piss was like green, purplish. You know. Because I need the money, so I just they ask, "Is everything okay?" Like, yes, I'm, I'm just. I'm, if they punch my nuts and say that extra five thousand, I'll do that, you know. Because I can't do nine to five anymore, you know what I mean. But going back to transgender porn, um, I'm not. I'm not very proud, but. At 2012, if you show me from waist down, I could tell whose dick that belongs to. <laughs> like 80% vagina, I could tell you. 90% asshole. But I think precisely because I talk about porn, it's always surprising when I meet rich people. Like They see through me because I'm poor and, and, and poorly educated. But as soon as I say porn... I miss so many rich people. Um. I remember going to a Christmas party for a Nazarian family. They were one of the richest Persian Jews, and my uh, my friend was working for them. And they were friendly, but they saw that I was nobody. They didn't talk to me. And during the uh, Christmas party, I don't know if they're Jewish, but they were having a Christmas party. 
And the guy who ran the show say, Mr. Nazir, thank you for everything you do for our community, and I hope you like the show. And I thought they're going to do like a really like a cute family oriented. All of a sudden, there was like five women dancing around. It wasn't quite strip dancing, but it was like way up there. Interesting. These are some of the most powerful men. These people donate money to the, 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 the prime minister of Israel, you know, you name it. They were so afraid to have a good time because their wives and girlfriend, fiance were there. What does that tell you that these men who are powerful, who has a huge impact in the world, they're probably in Davos as we speak yep. or were, but they're afraid of women or certain kind of women. You see, that's why once again, uh, the greatest Child molester is not Epstein. It's the greatest molester is the one continuing to molest and get away with it. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a person or entity or system that keep taking advantage of children, these are uh, molesters. Shout you know. out to the FBI and Mossad. Sorry, go ahead. So I, I think <laughs> the more we talk and have an honest conversation of this, it will be less likely that these people are uh, uh, blackmailed. Because yeah. I, I do think they have a lot of information about very shameful sexual uh, uh, fantasy that they have. They hide it. And Epstein, I just think he was a genius getting out of you. Yeah. He just know how to get it out of yeah. you. And that's how and they he, control you. Yep. And he grabs you the balls. He, 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 he's not the first one to do it. This is Anybody who works in sex business know this. And even Robert Kraft, who owns New England Patriots, he got in trouble up in here uh, uh, getting hand jobs. This is a guy who is so successful, a billionaire, after he getting a hand job, a couple hours later he got a text saying forty percent discount. He honestly believed she liked him. Anybody who deal with a old Asian whore, uh, <laughs> hi grandma. Um, <laughs> that, that, that's like a these guys. Are, it's it's a matchup. They're so good at certain things of dealing a billionaire business, but they don't know how to deal with sex workers. You know, it, it's 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 what I call um, cobra. Mongoose man syndrome. Men are afraid of cobra. Cobra is afraid of mongoose. Men are afraid. Of, you know what I mean? Like mm. we all have weaknesses. Like I'm not afraid of a, a prostitute or sex workers, but men in position of power or women in position of power. Um, this is the this is the one thing will uh, knock them out of the uh, position of power. Look at Spitzer, you know. And then and I, I think if we are more open about these things. Uh, I, I think we have a better society, you know, protect kids, protect the middle class, and even even for the billionaires, there are people too, but I think the shame thing is really... Maybe uh, maybe you could advertise these, or, or not advertise, uh, advise these these pervert billionaires as opposed to shitting green stuff, Yeah, you know? Like, they ought to pay you for this advice as opposed to, like, taking their drugs and, <laughs> and risking and, your and life. And the thing that they don't realize is that, like, if they come out and they're like, hey, uh, this is my thing, everyone's like, oh, I could, I could understand that. Yeah. I got that, too. Uh, but, but there's a certain shame. So that that's very interesting. We got, we got a very interesting comment from uh, OJ did nothing wrong on Rumble here. <laughs> okay. He Shut said, uh, he's like Mr. Burns. All the diseases cancel out and he's healthy. <laughs> right? <laughs> you're, you're in a state of equilibrium where you have like yeah. a whole bunch of pathogens that are fighting so you're just perfect you're in balance um, um one last political stop um sure. i've been helping my friend a guy named kareem sarajapur he's writing an interesting book about sexual proclivities of terrorists and i know when this book is released people are going to get upset because i think some of the things that got done in name about certain religion terrorism many of those terrorists have uh, sexual issues and, and and some people might get upset over it but um 
in his academics, so he needed a pervert because to to deal with and to catch a pervert, you need a pervert, right? So I don't mind. And uh, what I've been basically been doing what Anthony Bourdain, except uh, you exchange food with perversion. So I'm like pervert without border, right? Like the, the, the like the doctor without, you know that. So. I, if you you better that, not hang yourself. I don't like this trajectory. That could like be that could be a documentary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of people. <laughs> but no, you made, you you made a good point. Uh, Steph, do the button. Uh, you made a very good point because if you look at a lot of terrorists, it a lot of the problem kind of boils down to uh, in the Middle East, a lot yeah. of guys having multiple wives, and then yeah. they're not being enough wives. They're not being enough uh, males who can find spouses and males, and then therefore they become more radicalized, especially with very little education and, yes. and lower IQs. That's that's the that's the blueprint. Of, of how to make a terrorist. Make sure he doesn't get laid because once you get laid, you're a lot happier. You don't get laid, you're, you're pissed off and you're angry. Right, Clint? Yeah. <laughs> one of the terrorist re- <laughs> one of the terrorist recovery is uh, Zakari. He started beheading people for ISIS. A lot of people don't know Zakari was a Jordanian citizen. He was a pimp and a, a serial rapist, you know? So, like, l- l- take exam and, like, you, you need to look at, like, these sexual proclivities and fantasy. This is the problem. Small amount of fantasy is fine, like uh, Andy Warhol used to say, but too much of it, it, mm. it, it it's a huge problem. It's you about, know? about balance. Yeah. Speaking of balance, uh, like, please, please, next time you hear a, uh-huh. a drug study and you hear someone screaming beforehand, just find a different one, brother. Yeah. I like you a lot. I'd like to keep you around if you wouldn't mind. You know, I'm coming back. I, I find out there's a medical facilities in Florida, so I want to do one here because <laughs> I've done a couple other states. Dude, I want to do if one you, here. If you do one in yeah. Florida and you're here for a couple of weeks, we would love to have you back. Yeah. We could uh, we could document the study as it goes on. Oh, that'd be amazing. We could, we could I don't. Document. Well, he's probably he, he has he, to sign an NDA. I yeah, bet. yeah, yeah. He probably won't be able to, but uh, we might be able to tell without being able to tell. And, <laughs> he's just uh, sitting here all fucking zombie now. He's just like, no, no, it was going great. We'll have like a we'll have like a health uh, uh, bar. For Yoshi, every time he comes on, and we're like <laughs> one two hundred. How do you feel, Yoshi? And like, oh man, the study is going pretty good. He's, he's doing really well. Yeah, and me right. and my three testicles. Yes, <laughs> um. Feeling good. Oh man, feeling this, good. Got that back. Seventeen yeah. K, baby. Oh man, this was this was a hilarious uh, show. Oh, amazing, uh, Yoshi. Thank you uh, so much for, 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 for yeah, being yeah. for being a part of it. And thanks you're, for what you do. Yeah, yeah. No, your comedy special that you did with Russell Peters uh, here at Donya Beach was 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 off the wall. Oh, thanks. It was, it was amazing. It was really fun. Thank you for inviting me to that. Um, yeah, if you guys get a chance to see Yoshi in real life on the comedy stage, take that opportunity because uh, he he definitely provides a lot of very necessary humor a lot of edgy spicy humor that is absolutely worth uh listening to just just to get a little refresher in your mind so if you value humor if you value what we do uh subscribe click the notification button 100k we taser clint it's going to be really fun it's going with a to giant be awesome. dildo um <laughs> it's true it's true i think i saw i think i saw a video of yeah. it there's like a there's like a gray dildo yeah, that like has shout, a little taser shout out but to no, Matt right I, I don't you know clint i'm not like you i don't always play with dildos but uh we we just have a regular taser mm. that we're gonna be nope. t- tasering uh clint nope. on i want the dildo one okay 
Okay. I've been hanging out with Yoshi. Now I'm fucking. I'm fucked up in the brain now. I don't know. <laughs> give, me the, give me the dildo fucking taser. You just made that so much weirder. <laughs> I want it to be weird. I want you to feel bad about it so that you're not so joyous as you fucking taser me. I mean, this one's pretty. This one's nice. Yeah, this one's this one's you know compact and gets the job done. And uh, I'm horrified. So uh, yeah, yeah. So have you ever been tased in any studies? No, no, no. Okay, I, I, I've been tased in, in studies and on video. <laughs> It's not that bad. You know, you, I don't know, you, you just fall down to the ground. It's like, you know, it feels like, you know, you're, you're being shocked, electrocuted. Uh, but yeah, guys, uh, subscribe, click 